Cherry Hill Volvo, we have absolutely incredible offers and a plethora of both new and certified Volvos from which to choose. We are eager to offer amazingly competitive prices, plus an additional $1,000 Costco discount on all new Cherry Hill Volvos. When leasing or purchasing a new or certified Cherry Hill Volvo, you become a valued part of our team. Join Cherry Hill Volvo for the pricing and attention you deserve. I am Judith Krepnick, president of Cherry Hill Volvo. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. WPHT, WPHT, HD, WOGL, HD3, Philadelphia. From the Cherry Hill Volvo Studios, where relationships matter. Always live on the free Odyssey app. The revolution will be broadcast. This is the next generation of talk. Now on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT, Rich Zioli. Well, the United Nations says it's time to eat less meat. Shocking as the climate summit gets underway and you can get your very own private jet charter to Dubai. That's right. For the COP28 climate summit, you can get your private jet charter to Dubai from the USA, Europe and beyond because why fly commercial or fly it all when you can fly private jet? Welcome to the show. Glad you're here. 855-839-1210 on Twitter at Rich Zioli. China is bringing back masks and social distancing as this new uh, pneumonia sweeps through the country right now. And it's ravaging China and it's echoing the lockdown over that mystery outbreak four years ago. You know, the one that we all came to know and love is covid Uh, Alarming footage has emerged of mask wearing crowds inside Chinese hospitals as fears of a new pandemic sweep across the globe. I'm looking at the story from The Sun right now. Hospitals in Beijing and Liaoning have been hit the hardest with reports emerging last week. They're being overwhelmed with sick children. And there are lockdowns happening. It's a a common bacterial infection circulating since May, but is now showing ground glass opacity in lung scans an indicator of severe respiratory illness. Uh, White lung syndrome is what it's known as. White lung syndrome. Sounds racist to me, but nevertheless. White lung syndrome. Many parents are deeply worried and are having to wait at least days just for emergency care. But China continues to insist that the flu and the usual winter bugs are to blame for the latest outbreak rather than a new virus and can cope with the spike in sickness, which, of course, is what they told us last time. So, I mean, why have any reason to doubt china when it comes to honesty and transparency around pandemics am i right local authorities however are already being called upon to open more fever clinics and promote vaccine uptake among children and the elderly efforts should be made to increase the opening of relevant clinics and treatment areas extend service hours and increase the supply of medicines said ministry spokesman mi fang he also advised people to wear masks and called on local authorities to focus on preventing the spread of illnesses in crowded places such as schools and nursing homes. But his statement comes after a Beijing children's hospital told state media that at least 7,000 patients were being admitted daily to the hospital. Uh, It's funny. 
I was listening to this video that my friend sent me earlier today. Victor Davis Hanson was going on about what you can expect for 2024. And it's gone viral and it's long. It's a long, it's a long clip. But uh, if you watch the whole thing, it's very good. Victor Davis Hanson is terrific. Every now and then, Mark Levin has him on. Oh, programming note, I'll be in for Mark tomorrow night from 6 to 9 p.m. So you can tune into that if you like. Nine hours of radio together, kids. Or six. Six hours of radio. So we'll have some, we'll have some fun. Or at least, if nothing else, a very long day together. But, uh, but he was going on about what the efforts will be to try to stop Trump in 2024. And I can only keep thinking about lockdowns. And I can keep thinking about mail-in balloting again. I think about all the things that happened in 2020. And I, I read this story, and I think to myself, wow, this is kind of, to quote Yogi Berra, deja vu all over again. And followed up the latest pediatric hospital in nearby Tianjin, reportedly receiving more than 13,000 children through its doors. And, you know, nothing makes people afraid like their kids getting sick, obviously. The concerning spread of illness comes as the nation enters its first full winter season since lifting strict COVID-19 restrictions last December. Professor Francis Ballix from the UCL Genetics Institute has blamed China's strict lockdown lowering immunity for the exit wave sweeping across the country. Things escalated further last week when the WHO, WHO, the World Health Organization, that's who, were forced into a rare public intervention formally requesting further information from Beijing on the infections. And of course, another distinguished group you can absolutely trust when it comes to being honest about China since the World Health Organization lied to the world in 2019 and 2020 and told everybody there was no evidence of human-to-human transmission of COVID. Remember that? I remember that. Oldie but goodie from the WHO. WHO? The World Health Organization. That's who. They lied to cover up for China in the earliest days. And how many lives could have been saved? Who knows? Well, actually, who knows? The World Health Organization knows. That's who. The WHO said no unusual or novel pathogens have been detected in data provided by China. Oh, well, that's good. And I definitely take their word for it. I I definitely think the World Health Organization is on the up and up and not at all corrupt and not at all run by China and the vast international conglomerate that really runs the world. And if you think there isn't, you are not going to COP28. See, that's the thing. You're missing out. Your life is empty and shallow because you will not be there among the elite at COP28 in Dubai talking about how they can control all of us and make us eat bugs all in the name of saving the world from climate change as they charter their private jets. I like this, too. If you're looking to charter a private jet to COP28 in Dubai, we can help organize this and more. It's called Royal Concierge. Our group charter flight can accommodate any size group, and we offer a range of Luxury amenities and services. The operators we choose operate new aircraft with the most modern and efficient engines using sustainable aviation fuel. Sustainable aviation fuel. What the hell is that exactly? Is that like cooking oil? Maybe they should, I should donate the peanut oil I used when I deep fried my turkey to them. And they can use it for the jets. Or they are carbon neutral certified through programs such as reforestation. Let me tell you what the carbon neutral scam is. All right. This is great. So you get on something like a a private jet and spews all these carbon emissions into the atmosphere, which I'm not worried about, by the way, but they, they, they apparently are. But you offset that by saying, we'll plant a bunch of trees in the rainforest. And then they go, okay, well, congratulations. You are now carbon neutral. You go, really? Yeah. You're you, it's like, it's like you've emitted no pollution whatsoever. 
No emissions whatsoever. You're good. You're clean. You're cleaner than clean. You're carbon neutral, baby. And you go, wow, I feel so good about myself. That's right. You should. Now, do the trees ever get planted? Who the hell knows? I have no idea. Uh, How can anybody know? But what I do know, though, is that this scam continues all the time. Companies do it, too. They go, we are so proud to be the first carbon neutral blah, 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 blah in the world. And you go, what? Uh, how are you carbon neutral? They go, well, because in exchange for all the pollution that we admit, which I don't view as pollution, but they do, we've decided to install uh, little uh, sunflowers. We're growing sunflowers in the courtyards of Detroit, Michigan. So we're carbon neutral. They go, really? And <laughs> People fall for that scam, huh? Apparently they do. Why charter a private jet to COP28 in Dubai? Well, why not, first of all? But with our COP28 concierge service, we understand the difficulties that come with organizing the travel and accommodation for a head of state and their delegation. That's why we offer a personalized and secure service that takes care of everything from meet and greet to executive protection to secure transport and secure accommodation. Secure transport. Let's look at that. Luxury chauffeur-driven car service in Dubai for COP28 delegates. Now, I know what you're thinking. You're thinking, are these all green vehicles? Uh, no. <laughs> no, no, they're, they're not, actually. They're not green vehicles. You can book a Lexus ES350. You can book the GMC Yukon XL, which I don't believe is battery-powered. I believe hamsters run it. You can book the Mercedes V-Class 7-seater. Now, that's, that's stylish right there. BMW 7 Series or Mercedes S-Class. You can do all those things. COP28 Executive Transport Dubai offers secure and reliable transportation options for delegates attending the upcoming COP28 Climate Conference in Dubai. Our premium chauffeur service provides top-of-the-line transportation with experienced and professional drivers. We prioritize safety, reliability, and luxury to ensure delegates arrive at their destination on time and in style. If you're attending the COP28 Climate Change Conference in Dubai, why not indulge in a little luxury? After all, I'm actually reading this from the site, but that actually says that, but I'm going to add this line. Ready? After all, you're here to save the world. They should add that line in there, I think. Their marketing department could use a little brush-up. Maybe I'll, I'll send them a proposal to help them with their messaging. Because that would say, I, in my opinion, that would read even better. If you're attending the COP28 climate change conference in Dubai, why not indulge in a little luxury? After all, you're here to save the world. You're basically a superhero. We are all mere mortals around you. So why not show up, you know, blank to the wall and just let everybody know how powerful you are as you're about to make recommendations that I start eating grasshoppers. Our luxury car chauffeur service offers an unparalleled travel experience with a range of high-end vehicles to suit your taste. From spacious executive limousines to stylish luxury taxis. With our chauffeur service in Dubai, you can sit back and relax knowing you're in safe and experienced hands. Our drivers are trained to provide secure transport for COP28 delegates. I have a question. Why are these people not riding buses? Hmm? Why are all the delegates not getting on buses? Buses that are run by the sun or wind or something else? That's what I'd like to know. All these private cars and all these private jets going to a climate change conference to save the world. Seems to me 
a tad bit hypocritical. But again, what do I know? Because I am a mere mortal. I don't get to go to COP28. I am not of the elite. So I'm not buying up farmland to destroy farmers so that you have to turn around and eat bugs. I'm not doing those things. I don't have the money for that. I don't have the money to turn around like Bill Gates does and buy, buy, just buy up farmland just to completely keep it from being used to farm. As the United Nations comes out and tells everybody, you need to stop eating meat. Why? Why do I have to stop eating meat? Well, the United Nations is asking the West to reduce its meat eating to, to fight climate change in a new global food systems instruction. The United Nations COP28 Climate Summit is set to kick off in Dubai on Thursday. And during the two-week event, leaders will discuss how their respective countries can better address the threats posed to the environment by humanity as they fly there in private jets and get chauffeured around in private cars and stay in elite, luxurious hotel rooms. In a nation, Dubai, one of the richest in the world, that got rich off of, wait for it, oil. That's right. Yes, the ugly O word, oil. Dubai is a oil-rich country, which is why Dubai is so rich. It's also ironic, but nevertheless, what do I know? I'm a mere mortal, just like you, you bug-eating hack you. During the summit, the UN's Food and Agriculture Organization is set to reveal its roadmap for a transition to what they have deemed to be more sustainable global food systems by 2050. It will propose limiting meat consumption in Western nations, claiming that the greenhouse gas outputs are too high. The roadmap was called for by an $18 trillion coalition of investors led by Jeremy Collar's Farm Animal Investment Risk and Return Initiative, which raises awareness of the environmental, social and governance risks and opportunities in the global food sector. Yes, you heard that correctly. Environmental, social and governance, ESG. A huge challenge, he said, when... Uh, The plans were announced. Investors will be looking for the roadmap to include clear guidance on methane emission limits, halting deforestation, scaling up alternative protein production, and support to ensure a just transition for farmers. What does that mean? Let me translate that for you, what that means. Alternative protein production means lab-grown meat and bugs, among other things. And because that's going to put a lot of farmers out of work, and believe it or not, around the world, there are farmers. I know that that's crazy, but in many places around the world, people farm. I, I know. And it, it's an insane concept, but they'll lose their jobs and they won't be able to make a living and feed their family. So as part of this, much like how remember when Hillary Clinton used to go around and tell everybody, we're going to teach you how to lay broadband pipe like her husband used to lay broadband pipe. You know what I mean? She would do that. She would travel around. She'd, like, she'd go to the coal country and she'd say, you know, I... Bo, I know, Bo, I know how hard it is, but we're going to retrain you so that when we destroy your jobs in the coal industry, we're going to make sure you can lay some pipe, just like my husband, you lay some broadband pipe cable, you know, to uh, bring in high-speed internet access to all these third world parts of America, like Appalachia, and the, they would just talk down to people because it's what Democrats do all the time. As Fox News reports, uh, he recently called out leading meat and dairy companies for their failure to reduce emissions, saying it underlines the urgent need for more policy focus on the food and agriculture sector. Food system emissions. Don't you love how the left always comes up with long names? Like when I was growing up and I was in school and I was actually in college and 
I was told less is more when it comes to things. Make your make your writing clear and crisp and concise, not add unnecessary words. But whenever the left comes up with a concept, whatever it is, you notice how they pack on extra words that mean nothing. It really is a giant jumbled word salad, no pun intended, that means nothing. Food system emissions. What the hell does that even mean? Nobody knows. It doesn't matter. It's just a bunch of words to make them sound smart and you to feel stupid. And that, of course, is the goal. And a lot of these people that come up with this stuff, of course, are are lefty eggheads in colleges across the world, universities across the planet. So food system emissions deserve a place at the top of the table alongside energy and transport as they represent an estimated, not the transport. You don't count the transport of all the elites to go to COP28 for the climate summit. You do not count that transport. So private jets, private cars, you don't count any of that. Luxury yachts and whatnot, you don't, that does not get counted in this number. They represent an estimated third of greenhouse gas emissions and 40% of methane because cows toot. All those tooting cows, you know, and, and, and my plan to save the world, my plan was to give all of them gas X, like to mix some gas X in their cow food, whatever cows eat. I don't know, corn, whatever the hell they eat, grass. I think grass fed is what I'm told is the right way. I have somebody who's insistent on this, but I'm still a big fan of, you know, fatten the cattle up with some corn, right? Am I right? But grass fed is all the rage. But I don't, I think cows taste better when they're loaded up on corn. You know, that's me. I'm old school. I, what can I tell you? Anyway, so uh, as part of this now, they're going to catalyze the transition to 1.5 degrees and a more sustainable food system. A March 2021 study published on Nature Food found that growing, processing, and packaging the world's food, as well as disposing of waste it generates, accounts for 34% of all greenhouse gas emissions, releasing around 18 billion tons of carbon dioxide in the atmosphere every year. Wow. Not nearly as much as the carbon dioxide that will be emitted with all the people traveling to the climate summit. Just another question I have. Why can't this all be on Zoom or Google Meet or whatever the latest thing is? I don't know. But why can't it be? I, everybody works remote nowadays. Everybody works remote, even a couple days a week. Sometimes people come in two days a week to the office. But, yeah, but the remote work thing is a big thing. I, there are people that haven't left the house in years. They, they still, they just go on every day. They're zooming away. Why do all these people have to travel to Dubai in person to talk about saving the planet? Why can't they save the planet from the comfort of their luxurious mansions and high-rise condos and penthouses? Why, why do they have to go to Dubai? Oh, I know why. I forgot the nightlife. Uh, duh, obviously. It's like any other conference. Any other conference you've ever been to in your life, the day part is there's a few nerds that actually go to the conferences and they learn stuff. You know what I mean? They learn. Like whenever the New Jersey political conventions go on, there's a couple people that actually go and like, there'll be a seminar on you know, how, to, how, to, how to maximize your, your, your public works department. And there'll be a couple people in there hungover and bleary-eyed, but mostly you go to these conferences and these events for the nightlife. You're hanging out in Atlantic City, you're hanging out in Vegas, you know what I mean? It's not the day. The, 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 the expedition, exhibition is the cover. That's the, that's the, you know, that's the cover story. And then, and then the nightlife is really why you're there. It's the same thing at the COP28 climate conference. It's the exact same thing. It is, you know, well, we're there to save the, no, you're not. You're there to, to, to mingle among the world's elite and wear stylish gowns, ball gowns and tuxedos and drink very expensive champagne. 
We know this. You know this. I, everybody knows this. But we're all supposed to sit back and act like this is a, a good thing. Yay, they're going to save the planet in Dubai. Let's see. As a result, the United Nations and other intergovernmental bodies have been on a crusade as of late to reduce meat consumption in favor of alternatives that they charge will bring less harm to the environment. So let's go through some of those alternatives, shall we? Because I think it would be good to talk about that. My favorite in all of this is what's known as alternative protein production. Again, remember I told you how the left comes up with unnecessary phrases and they say things and they add words and none of those words have meaning. Well, that is a great example of this. This idea of alternative protein production. Really what that means is we're going to get you to eat chicken and beef grown in a lab, or we'll get you to eat beyond beef or whatever, or bugs. Tyson Foods will bring bug-based protein to the United States markets after partnering with the world leader in insect ingredients. The facility will upcycle food manufacturing byproducts into high-quality insect proteins and lipids, which will primarily be used in the pet food, aquaculture, and livestock industries. Tyson Foods has announced it's partnering with Protix. Protix is a Dutch company, and it brands itself as the world's leader in insect ingredients to foster more sustainable protein production. You know, I think bugs are gross. I do. And I use my friends at Termagard and Fenwick to kill them so that I don't have them in my home. I certainly don't want them in my fridge or my oven or my pizza oven or my deep fryer. I know that. I know that much. This is a, and again, you always, it's funny how you find out who's behind all this, but it's a direct equity investment. And the big hedge fund people are all behind this, of course. And the way they're going to make sure they make their money is because they're not going to leave it optional. You know, if you go into the store and you go, all right, what do you want for dinner, kids? Bugs? Like, that's not, you don't win over the crowd with that. And if you invite people over to dinner, like, hey, Sunday night, come on over. We're serving, we're serving bugs. It, people don't want to accept that dinner invitation. But if you mandate it, that you have to have a certain amount of bug in every steak or in every alternative protein thing that's on your plate, well, then you don't have a choice. And this is how tyranny works. They take away your free choice. They take away your ability to make a decision for yourself. You have no free will under tyrannical regimes because their ideas are so, <clears throat> so nuts that if you gave people a choice, they would reject it. Whenever people choose to unshackle themselves from tyranny, they make that choice. But slowly, you see the shackles of tyranny coming on everywhere you look. And it's a slow process. It's like, how do you boil a, a frog? Slowly. That's the answer. You know, you you put a frog in a thing of water and you slowly turn the temperature up. It's the old saying. It's very similar. It's an old man saying what it's a saying. It's very similar to how they do this with this. And you, you, you indoctrinate the children at an early age that the earth is dying, that, that climate change and we're all going to die. And you, you, you teach them this at the earliest age. Then you come to them and say, hey, I have the answer. Here, kids, have an insect Pop-Tart with your breakfast. You go, oh, that's gross. Well, no, it's not because insects are good. Even the, and you go, but aren't they alive? But they don't have feelings like fish. They don't have feelings. So don't worry about it. And then you create something where you start making mandates. And then the people that are behind all this make billions of dollars. And this is how the global elite cabal that actually runs the place operates. They're all, they're all they. And, and if you doubt me that there's a, a global cabal that runs the show, then go to COP28. 
rent a plane, rent a private, charter a private jet, charter a private limo, and go to COP28. You're not invited, but nevertheless, crash it. Like wedding crashers, climate crashers. And show up and you'll see, oh, wow, this isn't a conspiracy theory. There really is a cabal that runs the whole place, the whole show. And behind that are people that make investments and then they start mandating things all under the guise of saving the world. And then they have massive returns on it. You lose your freedom and you're stuck eating friggin' bugs. 855-839-1210. On Twitter, at Rich Zioli. Mmm, delicious bugs. We'll be right back. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. The Zioli Show, on your schedule. From Talk Radio 1210 WPHT in the free Odyssey app. Or get yourself a grasshopper and try it. Grass-fed, nope, lab-grown. Lab-grown. The United Nations, with their protein alternative nonsense, as the COP28 climate, uh, climate change conference is uh, set to start in Dubai, uh, I'll tell you, the hypocrisy of these people is just overwhelming. It really is. And I, I, I hate them. I really do. I hate them with a passion. All of them, each and every one of them that goes to these things. I really do. And they're, ironically enough, there's not a single one of these people that is going to get there by using a jet that is powered by. Uh, a hang glider, like a hang glider. They're not going to get there on a hang glider. They're not going to get there on a rowboat and they're not going to drive around. A couple of them will do for show. You know, they'll have some, they'll have green vehicles there. No doubt about that, obviously. But of course, they're going to plug in to a grid in Dubai that is powered by Dubai's incredibly rich, oil-rich economy. But what, again, don't look behind the curtain. Don't look at the man behind the curtain. There was what's well, what's the saying here that I have? So my, my buddy, who's very smart, sent me a, a quote the other day. Let's see if I can find this. I, I'll give my buddy Frank credit for this one. He said, um, I like this quote. A magician doesn't see the magic. He sees the trick. I like that quote. That's a good quote. 
And it's the same thing with the with the cars, the green cars, you know, the climate cars, the little battery powered ones. You don't see what goes into the thing that you hook the charger into. You know what I mean? You don't see that part. You see a lovely looking, stylish, polished charging station. You drive around, you see these things. You know, they have a Wawa now. That, I mean, they're everywhere now. And they're charging stations. And they look incredibly sophisticated, high tech, ultra modern, fashionable. And they're green. Many of them are green. You know, they paint them green. And you hook up your car to it, but you don't see where the power comes from that charges the car. You ever think about that for a second? It's nowhere near there, as a matter of fact, because they're very smart in terms of hiding all that. So you don't see it. But it doesn't come from hamsters running around in wheels powering that, that charging station. It comes from the very electrical grid that, that is used by all of us for everything that we use. An electrical grid in this country that is not powered by hamsters running on in, in, in motion over and over and over again, round and round in a wheel. It's not how we make our energy in this country. It's not how we do it. It's not how they do it in Dubai either. But the magician doesn't see the magic. He sees the trick. And the trick is at the COP28 Climate Center Summit, all of these international automobile brands will be showing off their latest in green car technology. This one can go 45 minutes without needing a charge. This one has leather, vegan leather seats. That's another scam too, vegan leather. It's not leather, it's plastic. Call it what it is. It's another scam. It's another freaking scam. I can't, you know, I have such a problem with these Fugazi terms, like vegan leather. What does that mean? It means it's made of plastic. And what is plastic made from? Plastic is made from, well, you know. (laughs) But I love that. They got vegan seats. They got vegan leather in this green car right here. There's no real leather, not a not a hide of it. Really? Well, how do you make vegan leather? Well, you, yeah, you don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. The magician doesn't see the magic, he sees the trick. And that's the trick. So in Dubai, which is a city that is powered by oil and has lots and lots of tall buildings, some of the tallest buildings in the world. In fact, Matt DeSantis fact-checked me on this. I believe the Tallest building in the world is in Dubai, if I'm not mistaken. Can you can you double check that for me? I believe I'm right. Yeah, hang on. Let's see. Uh, if not the tallest, it's one of the tallest. Let's see. Dubai oil. I'm just trying to see Dubai oil reserves in the United Arab Emirates. Oh, let's see. Do they do they have oil there? Uh, do does Dubai have an oil well? The Southwest Feta oil field in Dubai started oil production within the first few years of its discovery in 1972. And then became a super rich oil country. In fact, in 2021, U.S. imports of 1.4 billion of oils, minerals, lime, and cement from the United Arab Emirates represented 0.06% of the total U.S. imports of those commodities. So we're, we, buy, we buy some of their, their uh, oil, too. Yes, did you find it? Uh, it is, in fact, the tallest building. In the the tallest building in the world is in Dubai. 163 floors. 163 stories. And I'm pretty sure that's the building that uh, the Dubai government insisted uh, they'd just add more floors to if another country tried to challenge their claim as the world's tallest building. They'll just keep adding stuff on top. Yes. This way they can just say we're always the tallest building. Exactly. You just keep going up higher. (laughs) There's no limit. There's no. And you know what that building's powered by? Viagra, obviously, if it's just going to keep going. Uh, it's 
How I was going to say spite. Spite, that's also helpful. How does a building like that, 163 stories, operate without using any fossil fuels? Love. Good Love. Vibes. Spite. Good feelings. Yeah. Karma. This is a great story from the Washington Post, the far right wing Washington Post, the many controls of oil rich UAE, host of the global climate talks. The United Arab Emirates, host of COP28, is building solar projects that could power a small city. It's also ramping up its oil production capacity like never before. You suckers. You know, as, as, as this country turns around and says because of the green whack jobs, we are going to try to lower our oil output. In Dubai, they turn around and go, hey, welcome to the climate change summit. Let's save the world. Look over here. I have two aces in my hand. Ignore the expanded oil production over in the corner over there. It's the ultimate sleight of hand, is it not? It really is. It's like vegan leather. Matt DeSantis, look up how they make plastic for me, if you would, please. Can you figure that out? I'm perplexed on how plastic is made. Yes, I'll find out the exact formula. Because as far as I understand vegan leather to be, it's not made from a cow that's a vegan. Although cows technically are because they don't eat meat. So cows eat grass and corn. And again, I prefer corn-fed cattle because they get fatter and they get juicier and they have more marbling on them. But some prefer the, the, uh, the grass-fed. I'm not going to be judgmental about it. All right. It looks like they are made, plastics are made of raw materials like natural gas and oil, um, which are refined into ethane and propane. Um, and then they're treated with a heat process called cracking which term, turns them into ethylene and propylene. Mm, so sounds very good. Natural, very natural. Very natural. Very helpful. And then what is, can you Google for me what vegan leather is? Let's leather made from vegan cows. Cows who are pledged to never eat meat. Cows who are, our cattle here is 100% vegan. What does that mean? Well, they, they, they don't eat meat. So the leather from these cows, vegan leather, is actually St- not leather. It's what is it now? Uh, so, uh, I'm having a hard time finding an accurate description of what material it's actually made from, but it looks like synthetic polymers. Oh, and I'm sure that has no effect on the climate at all, right? With synthetic polymers, <laughs> it's, it sounds fine. Mm. Sure, it's nice and healthy. The nation hosting this year's global climate talks, which start Thursday in Dubai. Uh, The Persian Gulf state in waters miles offshore is ramping up its oil capacity like never before. It's building artificial islands with subsidiaries dredging sand and hauling in rock to use as staging grounds from from pumping crude oil from some of the largest petroleum reserves on Earth. Its ambition is to provide the world with oil for as long as there might be demand. Now, what does Dubai know that we don't? You know what Dubai knows? That we are always going to need oil. That's what Dubai knows. The people hosting the COP28 climate change conference are literally building new islands to be able to drill baby drill so that they can always have the tallest building in the world and also supply the world with oil because they know the world's always going to need it. That's why there's because I'm sure this isn't cheap. Uh, you know, if you're building artificial islands with subsidiaries dredging sand and hauling in rock to use as staging grounds for pumping 
crude oil from some of the largest petroleum reserves on earth. That's not a cheap process. You're not doing that unless you think there's a big return on your investment. Musaba Al-Kaibi, the executive director for Low Carbon Solutions and International Growth at the state-owned oil company, said, The world, I wish it could run on renewables tomorrow, but the reality is not. So, since the reality is not, we're going to drill as much freaking oil as we can possibly stand. As a nation with vast and available resources, the UAE feels it is well-positioned to rally similarly rich nations to be part of the climate solution by helping to bankroll the clean energy revolution. But like many other petroleum states, its investments into renewables and other sustainable projects are dwarfed by what it is putting into fossil fuel extraction and carbon capture technology that could prolong the use of fossil fuels for decades to come. The magician doesn't see the magic. He only sees the trick. Dubai is hosting the climate change conference. There'll be cars that are battery powered green cars that will be hooked up to the electric grid in Dubai that is run on oil. As Dubai hosts the International COP28 Climate Conference Summit and says, we're all in on the green. (laughs) Sorry, hang on. I got a quick get. I get a quick update on our crude pumping efforts in the ocean. The magician doesn't see the magic. He only sees the trick. And this is such a trick. Played on all of humanity. This whole climate change scam. It's such a trick. Just like vegan leather. Just like green cars, just like battery powered cars. It's all a scam. The whole thing is a scam. It's a way for people to make more money. The smart ones know it's a scam and then they still make money in fossil fuels because they know the world needs them. I mean, I'll give Dubai credit. This is great. This is this is like, you know, this is the equivalent. This equivalent of it's like hosting a uh, a summit on um, abstinence and then at night. You have the most lavish hookers coming to <laughs> greet all of the attendants to the conference. <laughs> I think that's an accurate analogy. Welcome to the abstinence summit here in Dubai. By day, you're going to learn the latest techniques on abstinence. But by night, we have the finest hookers on the planet. Sorry, sex workers. I don't want to... To indulge you in every way, shape, or form. But we don't talk about what goes on at night. We only talk about what goes on during the day in the uh, in the exhibition room where you have the speakers. <laughs> Dubai is hosting COP28 as they're expanding their drilling operations for petroleum. <laughs> Vegas is hosting the abstinence seminar of 2024. As they bring in the most high-end call girls on the planet to join in for the fun. In short, Dubai is pushing for a green world that can still have its oil. (laughs) Sounds a little bit like you want to have your cake and eat it too, am I right? But it's not cake. It's obviously billions and billions of dollars of oil money. These people are not stupid. This thing begins on Thursday. Many of them are already there. The United Arab Emirates is a country of just 10 million people, vibrant with ambition, full of paradoxes. It has gleaming cityscapes built by oil wealth and a president who has said the end of oil would be grounds for celebration. (laughs) I love that guy. I don't know who he is. Whoever the president of Dubai is, he's my new favorite guy. 
That's that's I mean, most politicians completely BS us all the time. That guy deserves some real credit to stand up there in his nation and say, listen, I would love to be the president who heralds in the end of oil production. That would be grounds for celebration. Now, look under your seat. I have free oil for all of you. We have so much of it here that we're actually going to give you a gallon. Take it home with you. Dubai's finest oil. It has indoor ski slopes miles away from newly built mega solar grids. It has summers of increasingly dangerous heat. And it hosts conferences where panelists discuss sustainability and keep cool with outdoor air conditioning. Now that is impressive. Because I'll tell you one thing I don't want is to be limited to indoor air conditioning. Do you remember how last summer we talked about this, how air conditioning was racist and also, of course, destroying the planet? Air conditioning has done more to save lives. I'm serious about this. If you want to look at an invention that has saved lives, it's air conditioning because it gets people inside and away from mosquitoes that bite and bring them very bad diseases that kill people. And since we can't use DDT anymore to kill mosquitoes, you have things like malaria, which are major problems throughout the world. And so by getting people into air conditioned places, you save them from things like malaria, for example. You don't keep the windows open at night and then children are able to live and everybody wins and it's happy. But why stop there? When you can come to the climate change summit and talk about how air conditioning is destroying the planet while you're sitting outside in air conditioning. Outdoor freaking air conditioning. I love these people. I love them. It's like they don't even care. It's like at the abstinence conference, literally having the hooker come and sit on your lap during the lecture. Be like, Candy, come on over here. Right here. I don't really give a damn. Let's stop with the scam, shall we? Indoor ski slopes. Once a ha- harsh output for... I could read about Dubai all day. This is great. But let me take a break. 855-839-1210. On Twitter, at Rich Zioli. On Monday, as we get ready for the Climate Change Conference in Dubai, don't go away. Thanks for listening to the Zioli Show podcast from Talk Radio 1210 WPHT and the Odyssey app. This story of this kid here. Uh... So this Deadspin is a terrible site. I'm going to get into this with you a little bit later in the show, but Deadspin is a terrible site. Uh, It's sports news without fear, they say. And they slammed a kid, uh, a fan at a game, for wearing blackface. Now, the kid was not wearing blackface, by the way. This this has been happening more and more, where, where you'll have kids either put on the black makeup under their eyes, or in this case, the kid actually painted his face half black, half red. And then this writer went after him, the kid, and accused the kid of wearing blackface. And, you know, I, I looked over at what Clay Travis was, uh, was saying. He was just on, he's actually on Fox News right now talking about it. But this kid was smeared, and it's outrageous what they did to this little boy. His name, and I'm, let me share the story with you. So even the race baiters should cringe at Karen J. Phillips and Deadspin. On Monday, Phillips published an article on Deadspin titled, The NFL Needs to Speak Out Against the Kansas City Chiefs Fan in Blackface and Native Headdress. In the article, he called on the NFL to condemn a young fan who Phillips claims hates black people and Native Americans. He falsely accused the child of wearing blackface by showing only one side of his face. So in the article, in the piece on Deadspin, You have the kid there sitting there and you can see that half of his face is black. The other half of his face is painted red, which is the color of the Kansas City Chiefs, but black and red. But they don't show you the other side of his face. 
They ignored the full image of the fan, confirming he was not wearing blackface, but instead black and red face paint in support of the Kansas City Chiefs. When you see the full picture, the kids got on a, and he must have been so excited to put this makeup on. And I can't imagine this little boy who went to the game and was so excited to be there, especially it's Monday Night Football. And you get to stay up late. It's like we watch Monday Night Football, Patrick and I, and around halftime, I turn around and I say, to him, all right, buddy, it's time to head up to bed. But if you get to go to a Monday night football game, if you're this kid, and I'm guessing this kid's probably nine years old, maybe, he looks very much like my son's age. And you do that, that's like the greatest thrill, right? You get to stay up late. You get to hang out late past your bedtime. So they accused this kid of being a racist, little boy to be a racist, and they wanted the NFL to ban him, and they outed this little kid. And it's awful. As Elon Musk put it today, Karen Phillips is an unapologetic racist and a deceiver. He is one of the most irresponsible journalists on the Internet. A year ago, he accused white people of exuding white supremacy for watching the NBA while black people were murdered. He didn't have a comment on black people watching the NBA while black people murder other black people, of course. He smeared a group of children at the Little League World Series as racist for a good natured celebration among teammates. Last week, he accused Titans QB Ryan Tannehill of mistreating black teammates without any evidence of mistreating black teammates. Phillips once called the increase of white people around him in Flint, Michigan, a concerning phenomenon. Now, this poor kid, and I, and I hope he sues. I really do. I, I hope this kid sues them, and he should, because it's awful, this little boy, to be exposed like that on a national site. To be to have your picture as a kid. First of all, he's a kid, like he's a minor. That's number one. But number two, that to then have everybody at that age paint you as a racist, because wearing blackface is never acceptable unless you are the following people: Jimmy Fallon, Jimmy Kimmel, Howard Stern, Ted Danson. Uh, who else wore blackface on the left? A lot of them. There's a whole list. Give me more names of who wore blackface on the left. On the list, can you know Matt DeSantis? Uh, Kimmel is the one that uh, you mentioned. Jimmy right. Kimmel, that's, I think Howard Stern. Fallon did it too. Jimmy Fallon, okay. Uh, definitely uh, Ted Danson. Justin Trudeau. Oh, that's right. Fidel Castro's biological uh, 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 bastard love son. Uh-oh. He wore, I believe, blackface and possibly even brownface, if I'm not mistaken. Only the left gets away with that. You can't, that's fine. They can do that. But anyway, this kid right here. This poor kid, I I just feel bad for him. I'll get into more detail on this with you as the show progresses. Plus, the latest on hostages. Do we have American hostages being held by Hamas? Why the White House is not telling us anything. And yes, you know, as we talk more about the upcoming climate change summit, as my buddy Eric Ford sent me, don't forget that mining for EV metals ex- ex- exacts, excuse me, a steep cost on workers and Revelations of child labor and treacherous conditions in many cobalt mines, automakers and mineral companies said they would adhere to international safety standards. The magician doesn't see the magic. He only sees the trick. And there's a lot of those tricks going to be pulled at the upcoming climate change conference in Dubai. We'll be right back. Rich Zioli, weekday afternoons, 3 to 7, Talk Radio 1210, WPHT, and on the free Odyssey app. WOGL HD3 Philadelphia from the Cherry Hill Volvo Studios where relationships matter always live on the free Odyssey app the revolution will be broadcast
Nutcase, huh? Yes, add Joy Behar to the list of lefty lunatics who wore blackface. Welcome back to the show. Glad you are here today. 855-839-1210 on Twitter, at Rich Zioli. Great to have you. So much going on today. That that uh, clip you just heard in the news of Robert De Niro, uh, w- what a nut. So they trimmed out the video posted to the Gotham Film and Media Institute YouTube page, and he got very angry at that, but they took out his political nonsense from the speech. And so he just started to do it again. He launched into a tirade denouncing alternative facts and conspiracy theories. He suggested that young students are taught that slaves develop skills, which could be applied for their personal benefit in Florida. And he denigrated the late anti-communist actor, John Wayne. And then he went after Donald Trump. And you heard that little tirade there but he kept going on he said but with all his lies he can't hide his soul he attacks the weak destroys the gifts of nature and shows disrespect for example by using pocahontas as a slur here's some of robert de niro from the uh gotham what is it the gotham film awards is that what it was matt yeah, that's what they said yeah all right yeah take a listen truth is not truth even facts are being replaced by alternative facts and driven by conspiracy theories and ugliness. In Florida, young students are taught that slaves develop skills which could be applied for their personal benefit. The entertainment industry isn't immune to this festering disease. The Duke John Wayne famously said of Native Americans, I don't feel we did wrong in taking this great country away from them. There were great numbers of people who needed new land, and the Indians were selfishly trying to keep it for themselves. Lying has become just another tool in the charlatan's arsenal. The former president lied to us more than 30,000 times during his four... Thank you. ...years in office. And he's keeping up the pace in his current campaign of retribution. But with all his lies, he can't hide his soul. He attacks the weak, destroys the gifts of nature, and shows disrespect. Anyway, that's his- another point. So, I, you know, th- this is this is this is the thing. I, I <laughs> uh, their hatred of him, which is just obviously something that is irrational. I mean, you can't even. I, Robert De Niro to stand up there and he didn't just stop there. He also said, so I'm going to say these things, but to Apple and thank them and all that Gotham, blah, 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 Apple. But who I don't feel like thanking them at all for what they did. How dare they do that? Actually. I don't even know. But anyway, this is the thing. Apple Studios, that's the that's who put the film out. And they have not responded to uh, requests for comment. But uh, you just you, you you listen to these people and you just think to yourselves, these are just unbalanced people. They really are. They're unbalanced. They're not healthy. They're not mentally healthy. And they are absolutely their derangement against Donald Trump is what's going to lead him to probably win the election next year. Honestly, because every time they come out and they say these over the top ridiculous statements, every time they come out and it's not just him, the whole lot of people out there that do this, all it does is remind people of how ridiculous the criticisms are. You notice it's never about policy. 
You notice how it's never about policy matters. It's always about Trump personally with these people. Because if you start to actually bring a policy, then you, there's no contest. This is the problem for them. So they make it all about the hatred of Donald Trump. They, they, they despise the man. They make it all about that. And that's what they do. And they double down on that. And that's what they wind up doing. And it's insane. And it comes across as insane is what it does. Here's somebody else who's insane, Mitt Romney. So Mitt Romney would rather see Democrats running this country. This is why, they, I mean, guys like this, you know, these people are frauds. They're frauds. They'd rather see Democrats destroy this country, bring more Marxism, more socialism to this country, more policies mandating that we drive EVs and eat bugs. They'd rather see that than have Donald Trump back in office. For what reason? Donald Trump's policies were great. Mitt, I know you don't like the guy, but you don't have to like him. Did you like his policies? Did you like the security of the United States under him? Did you like the way the world was under Donald Trump? Were you happy with those things? And if the answer is yes, then why don't you put your personal butthurt animus aside and why don't you support the guy? Because it's better if he's president of the United States of America than a Democrat is. But you, but that's, but you can't, you see, you can't if you're him because you're not applying logic and rational thought to it. It's pure emotion. It's the same thing that drives Liz Cheney and Adam Kissinger and on and on it goes. They'd rather see the United States of America go further down this hill of socialism and statism and police statism that is happening right now under this president of the United States, where you've got, I told you the story yesterday. If you flew to the nation's capital on January 6th, 2021, the region, not even the capital itself, you didn't have to be in Washington, D.C., but to the region, you are being monitored by air marshals and you are on a watch list so that every time you fly, you're going to have your chops busted even more. So you'd rather have that for America, more of that police state crap, more weaponization of government and policies that are terrible for everybody than to have Trump in office because you hate him so much. I, 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 have, a, I have a hard time with that. I really do, because at that point, you're not looking out for what's best for America. You're looking out for making sure that you get your personal axe grinded. And that's what this is. Here's Romney cut four. No way you'll run for president in 2024. And I can't imagine any circumstance, perhaps if Godzilla comes in and removes all the other candidates and so forth. But other than Godzilla stepping in, no, I'm not running for president, not giving it any thought. Not as an independent. No, no. No discussion about it. No, look, I, I really think that independent candidates are likely to elect Donald Trump. Uh, and I think him being elected again would be devastating for our country and its character. Who do you like in the Republican field? Uh, anybody. Um, you know, I, I would uh, I'd be happy to support virtually any one of the Republicans, maybe not Vivek, but uh, but the others that are running would would be acceptable to me. And I'd be happy to vote for them. I'd be happy to vote for a number of the Democrats, too. I mean, it would be an upgrade from, in my opinion, from uh, uh, Donald Trump and and perhaps also from uh, Joe Biden. Uh, look, I like uh, President Biden. Um, uh, you know, I, I find him a very charming engaging person. There's some places I agree with him, but most places I disagree with him. Uh, I think he's made all sorts of terrible mistakes. Yeah. Do you think this is why these guys are frauds? People like Romney are frauds. People like Liz Cheney, these people are frauds. And it's not, it's not, it's not even about Trump. It's about the fact that they didn't get there. I mean, they hate Trump Scots, but remember Mitt Romney lost to Barack Obama in 2012. He should have won, but he didn't. And he choked. And Trump said that he choked. And Mitt Romney's never forgiven him for it. And Liz Cheney is a warmonger and a war hawk. I mean, she is, after all, the daughter of Dick Cheney. 
And she's never forgiven Donald Trump for not starting any new wars. These people are very predictable. They really are. But remember, when you get into the voting booth, you have a choice to make. And if there are Republicans who are okay with the direction this country's going under this president, under the Democrat Party, then you don't care about the future of the country. You'd rather just sit back and celebrate knowing that your political enemy lost. And that makes you a very selfish person. But Mitt Romney's a very selfish guy. He's a guy that's made lots of money and he doesn't need money. And for him, it's all political expediency. A lot of people like that in politics. There are a lot of people like that in politics. And he's one of the worst ones. He really is. So now what the establishment is doing, and the Koch brothers are behind this now, too. The Koch brothers have announced their endorsement of Nikki Haley for president. What the Republican establishment is doing now is figuring out how do we get other people out of the race? Chris Christie came out and said he's not going anywhere. He's staying in this race till the bitter end. He's not going anywhere. That's what he said. The fake Ramaswamy said he's not going anywhere. Nikki Haley says she's not going anywhere. Ron DeSantis says he's not going anywhere. But obviously they all want to stop Trump. And so the establishment, the Republican guard that controls the process, driven by the swamp creatures in the highest grossing zip codes in the country, right outside Washington, D.C., who all want to stop Trump because they know that he's going to go after the deep state and the deep state keeps them all very, very rich. They're all now figuring this out. Who, how, do we, how do we stop him? What's the goal here? What's the strategy? What do we do? How do we put up a roadblock? And they've realized something. If you have all these other challengers in the race, you're not going to be able to stop them. I don't think you stop them with one challenger at this point. I think it's too late. But what they're hoping is 2024 comes. This is what the Republican elite is hoping happens. I'll tell you exactly what it is. Remember, these people hate you. They don't like you. You're driving a truck. If you're fixing an appliance today, they don't like you. you they're, you're beneath them. They want to control everything. In their mind, what they're hoping for is that 2024 will bring Trump some very bad political legal troubles. And he can be beaten in a primary because of those, those legal troubles. That's what they're hoping for. Or, or maybe, maybe there'll be enough people that worry that he won't be able to be on the ballot. Or maybe they'll try to stop him from being on the ballot. So what they are doing right now is they're figuring out how do they make this a two-person race? Mano a mano or mano a womano. Here is Meet the Press, this panel, debating who should drop out. Should it be Ron DeSantis? Should it be Nikki Haley? Is it time for Ron to go? And they're only saying these things because now, and the Koch brothers backing Nikki Haley confirms this for me, because the establishment has now decided Ron DeSantis has to go. Ron DeSantis couldn't do it. He got in the ra- When he got in the race, he was going to be the guy to stop Trump. He was going to be the Trump killer. He couldn't raise the money, couldn't do it. This is not a, sl- I'm not, Look, I know that if you're a DeSantis supporter, this makes you angry, but I'm not being critical of him. I'm just calling balls and strikes. This is November 28th. He has not gone up in the polls. He's bleeding money and he hasn't stopped Trump. I think he's a fantastic governor. I think he would be a great presidential candidate in in four years, but he's not going to be the nominee. And that's not anything disrespectful to Ron DeSantis. That's just political reality. And I've said this a million times. I call balls and strikes on this show. His opportunity to stop Trump was really after he got reelected Florida governor a year ago. And if he hasn't done it by now, he's not going to. And the Democrats know this. This is why the Democrats are out there acting as if it's a fait accompli that that Donald Trump's going to be the nominee. But now the Republican establishment has figured this out, too. So, again, like I said, I have tremendous admiration for Ron DeSantis. 
I do. I think he's one of the best governors in the country, if not the best governor in the country. And I think his time will come. This is just not it. So now they have to figure out how do you how do you then get the person who I personally despise in this race, Nikki Haley? I will not say those nice things about her. The opposite. I hope Nikki Haley gets out of the race. I hope Nikki Haley never becomes president. I hope Nikki Haley does not become part of the cabinet. I don't want anything to do with Nikki Haley. Nothing. See, I call balls and strikes, and I always tell you the truth about what I'm thinking and how I'm feeling. Whether you like it or not, I tell you the truth. I never hold back, and I always give you my honest opinion, my honest take. I go from the gut, and I tell you that. And usually I'm right, in terms of my political predictions anyway. I'm wrong about a lot of other things in life. But when it comes to politics, I'm usually right about that. So now the Republican establishment, the cabal in charge, has decided, okay, we got we to get Ron out of the race. And the only way to do that, then, is to, is to put enough pressure, obvious, to the donor class and the other people that this has to be a one-person race. Here's the panel debating this, cut number nine. Do you think Nikki Haley can come back? She's had three strong debate performances. Her poll numbers are shooting up, but she's still double digits behind Trump. Yeah, look, I think the fact that there are so many other candidates in the race and the race has not winnowed is something that is not playing to Nikki Haley's advantage. Now, the question is, if Ron DeSantis ends up dropping out, do his voters go to Nikki Haley? And I think the data suggests that they do not, that those Mm. voters go to Donald Trump. And so it is probably advantageous for Nikki Haley for Ron DeSantis to continue to stay in this race. I think what's so interesting about her campaign to me is that she's been very clear on a number of things, how she feels, Ukraine, uh, foreign aid, right, Uh, the, the deficit, right? But She's a little not as clear about what she thinks when it comes to abortion. And I think you're going to have to get a more concrete answer mm. as it goes on. But we need to create a dynamic where it is not just someone running for second place. And I think that people are dismissing the DeSantis Haley as who, who's running for second. If DeSantis gets out and it is just truly two candidates, I think that will change the perception of the race. Still a long shot for her to win, but I think that is a necessary thing. And I think all these big dollar donors who are rushing to Nikki Haley also need to be working to get DeSantis to drop. Zach could be a game changer if he did Yeah, that could be a game changer. That's right. A game changer. Oh, here's a fun story for you. And this is a this is a local story. Philadelphia. Ready for this? Okay, here we go. Woman pulls her pants down and threatens to go to the bathroom in the middle of the aisle on a frontier flight. (laughs) This was a flight that was going from Florida to Philadelphia. The woman had a meltdown because she was upset that she was required to sit in her assigned seat and even threatened to kill another passenger. A passenger was upset that she was required to sit in her assigned seat, decided to pull her pants down on the plane right in front of two children. I literally had a front row seat to the spectacle. She threatened to kill another passenger. She threatened me after I told her to sit down. Yeah, she dropped, uh, she dropped her pants. And she's got a big, big old booty, too. You know what I mean? <laughs> Here, I'm going to send you this, this uh, no, tweet. I don't want to look at it. Well, I, it might be good audio. Luckily, this is not a TV show, so nobody has to see this unless they want to on Twitter. Though I'll retweet it. Yeah, nobody. And she's wearing a mask, by the way. But then she takes the mask off to yell at everybody on the plane. So I guess like I got to ask the question then: wh- how how effective is the mask? Well, we know it's not, but how effective is the mask when you take it off your face on an airplane and start yelling at people? <laughs> like if you're that worried about catching COVID or whatever else you're worried about, don't you keep the mask on during your emotional tirade as you start berating passengers? At least keep your pants on. At least keep your pants up. Can I just make that point? At least keep your pants up. Uh, 855-839-1210 is the number if you'd like to weigh in on Twitter at Rich Zioli. 
I will uh, share more with you. Do you have the clip of that? No, I'm waiting for it to come through. I'm kind of nervous because I don't want to look at this. Well, that and it might have prof- it might have. Uh, it's always possible it has profanity on it, so you Are never you sure know. You sent it to me. I'm... No, I sent it to the wrong people. Sorry, oh, hang on. <laughs> some other poor guy named Matt is yeah, some getting a disturbing video. <laughs> Uh, yeah, oh, now now go. you have it. We'll play and we come back from the break, okay? We'll do that. All right, 855-839-1210 on Twitter, at Rich Zioli, as we continue along the show here today. The question, of course, becomes, how will they stop Donald Trump from president from becoming president? Victor Davis Hanson has some ideas, and they're not pretty ideas, I'll tell you that. And the other question is, how do you stop people from being so loud when they crunch crunchy chips? Believe it or not, there's an answer for that. And it's coming to a grocery store near you. Don't go away. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. The Zioli Show, on your schedule. From Talk Radio 1210 WPHT in the free Odyssey app. All right, 855-839-1210 if you'd like to weigh in today. So this is a pretty interesting story. But before I do that, let me play this. Can we play the psycho on the plane? Uh, Yeah. Who tries to do this drop trowel right in the middle of the, the flight? Another psycho. Uh, she doesn't try to drop trial. She succeeds. She succeeds. Yeah. You want to hear it? Yes, I do. You got to love people on planes, don't you? You really do. You got to love these psychotic people. Why Why is it since like the pandemic, everybody just acts out on planes now? It's, they don't. What do you mean? It, I took a flight uh, recently to two different places and nobody acted out on the plane. This stuff goes viral, though. That's the difference. Well, I there think are it, it people, happens more and more. It has no, to, right? No, no, no. There are right now thousands of people in the sky as we speak. Sure. There's, there's a, But there's lunatics among us and you got to do the percentages. If it's a lunatic not on a plane, that lunatic is then doing something crazy in Walmart. You know what I'm saying? It's not the plane. It's just the fact that now this stuff goes viral. And my, that's what I think. Look, look, everybody's miserable everywhere. True. Maybe the plane brings it out. But can't you see this woman acting out if she had to wait in a long line at Target at the checkout counter? I mean, anyone that's willing to urinate in the middle of an, an aisle on an airplane is probably capable of acting out anywhere. Yeah, yeah you, you, you're, not, you're not a stable person, so... I, I agree with your assessment. I think it has everything to do with sort of the availability of cell phones and um, the marketplace. Because anytime you record somebody like this going nuts on an airplane um, and the technology to record it is readily available, you're definitely generating a bajillion clicks. Like, I'm, I'm sure this thing already has 62,000 views and this isn't even the main source. That's what I mean. Yeah. But, but on both of my flights, nobody did anything except my friend snored a lot. But other than that, nobody did anything on the plane inappropriate. I th- but if somebody does, it will go viral. You're guaranteed to get clicks. <laughs> guaranteed. 
And it's not, look, it's not hard to set off these lunatics. You just got to push their buttons a little bit and then they freak out. You know what I mean? And flying is a very stressful process. And wait till they serve us bugs on the airplane, Matt Matt DeSantis. (laughs) I'm going to have to pass on that. Mm, Put the bile. Delicious grasshoppers. I don't even serve you peanuts anymore. You're right. Why would they serve you bugs? Yeah, it'll be optional. Would you like the uh, cricket uh, snack pack for you and the family? That'll be fourteen ninety nine, please. <laughs> I had uh, food on my flight back last week. I flew first class on the way back because oh I, you I oh hey, whoa, 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 no, Mr. Whoa. Harvard Mr. Harvard, Harvard yeah, can't the, the Harvard elitist can't be in the uh, in the coach class no, not with the can't masses. sit with the plebeians please no to be clear I needed the extra space because I oh. wanted to watch Sunday night football mm. and work oh. and work on the show prep and, oh. and I wasn't gonna have a, a lot of space in the back so I it was a minor upgrade fee it wasn't anything major um, anyway they. <laughs> <laughs> they still- yes, I will not be in the back with the uh, peasants. I'll be up front in first class. I'm a big-time radio producer. <laughs> I'm I executive producer of the Zioli it. Show. I will not be. I needed the- I'm not even in first class. How the hell is my producer in first class and I'm not? I needed the space to work. I, I, there was Sunday Night Football to watch. I had a show sheet to do, and I had some school. I got to get a better agent. This is ridiculous. <laughs> I'm flying coach and you're flying first class. There's something really wrong with this. It was just on the way back. It was a minor upgrade fee. It was very small. Trust me. I, I don't have first class money. And you but, got free booze in first class, although you just drink Coca-Cola. So I what did, a waste. Yeah, I didn't get booze. What I a drink waste. Coca-Cola. See, I was paying for all those bourbons that I was pounding on the way down there. <laughs> and you got it for free and didn't even take advantage of it. No, I had a couple of delicious Coca-Colas, though. Oh, I'm sure you did. But they did serve a meal on the on And the so what back. was the meal? Um, it was like a spare rib and pimento mac and cheese, and it was vile. Yeah, well, it sounds disgusting. I'd rather have the McRib than eat that. <laughs> that sounds awful. It was so gross. It, the dinner roll was was fine, but that was about it. Otherwise, it was basically inedible. It, that sounds awful. It, yeah, it was It was really bad. I, I, I was looking forward to it. I had never flown first class before, so I thought, oh, this is going to be fine dining. Well, It was not. Uh, was there a chef in the back? There was definitely no. no chef. It was like a where, microwave. By the way, yeah. where were you flying to and from? Uh, Arizona. Arizona. Well, that's you know that's a decent flight. That was probably what six hours or so. I uh, was five and a half there. Five and, and a half. Like four yeah. and a half on the way back. Yeah, I, I mean, and and you got to watch Monday Night Football and do show prep, and obviously <laughs> can't do that in the back because you know the a peasant the plebes. Might yeah, the yeah. peasants might see what we're going to talk about on Monday. <laughs> so. Got to get up and use the bathroom in the middle of the aisle. Well, the biggest, you never know. The biggest issue was I had to take notes for uh, for grad school, and I knew oh. I wasn't going to be able to do that in one of the cramped seats. In yeah. The back. yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> the other problem, too, with uh, people who travel in first class, of course, is that they shove, they close that curtain, so you can't even look at them. <laughs> like, don't you even look at me. I noticed that on the flight I was on recently. They shut that curtain. It's like, don't you dare. Don't you dare look at us. Look away, peasants. Look, and if you try to go up there to use the restroom, they stop you. I was just about to say that. I've never noticed this before because I've never flown first class before, but everyone is trying to get into that first class bathroom. I kept seeing people get turned back mm-hmm. regularly. You get turned away. Yeah. They show, show us your papers. Show us your first class papers or go back to the steerage back there. And you go back to the bathroom, which is basically, it's like they brought a porta john in at the back of the plane in coach class. The Santa says a bidet in there, luxurious people with towels, hot towels. They got hot towels or steam baths. 
They Turkish did, steam bass. They do. You're like, what's your towel. name? Who's the Who's the hot actress uh, who does those the, the, those airline commercials now? Jennifer Gardner. No, 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 not her. And she's sullied by Ben Affleck, yeah. so she's never going to be pretty to me ever again. But uh, who Who is? Uh, she does all those. I think it's Qantas Airlines or something. And she takes like a shower, and she has like a bed. There's like a car in there. You know, what you know commercials, commercials are you watching? I have no idea. What yeah, you're you know, about. you'll you. I think it's Selma Hayek, maybe oh, possibly. Oh, you might be right. And whatever airline she's flying, it, I don't know what it is, but it's like basically she's like, oh, my own personal Peloton on the, in the plane. Why not? You know, and, it, and she just keeps showing more things that she can do they, on this flight. They do give you hot towels, though. I'll tell you, I had a guy sitting next to me on a flight recently, and this was a big guy. We were flying back to Philly, and this was a big dude, and he was reading the newspaper. As in a physical newspaper. It was like a relic. Right? There was a little, actually a child on the plane who was like, Daddy, what's that? And he's flipping and he's got big, he's huge. And he's, and he's opening the paper with both arms. And every time he does, he's smacking me in the arm with it. <laughs> and he's a big guy. And every time he flips the page, it's like, boom. And I just want to say to the guy, can you not get a freaking device like every other person in America? And it's not Sophia Vergara. No, it's not her. Uh, it's no, it's not her. Who is it? Who does those? I think it's Selma Hayek, right? I Googled it and, uh, what camp Jennifer Aniston? No, it's not her either. We're all off on this. Yeah. I I don't really know what you're talking about. If I'm being honest. All I know is that Darth Stalker, the corporate show slash executive producer of Kale and Company slash co-host of Kale and Company slash, uh, program director slash brand manager is listening right now and knowing that you are flying first class and nobody else here is. So when it comes time to discuss your salary, Matt DeSantis, good luck. That's <laughs> coming up. Good soon, luck, first class Matt. It was just good one luck, flight. first class Matt DeSantis. I just wanted a taste of the good life for one flight. I shouldn't be punished for this. You know they pay the mo- rest of us so little here that most of us can only dream of ever even being on an airplane, <laughs> let alone flying first class. Just for the record. Are you flying first class to Dubai, you elitist son of a... I've never been to Dubai. Yeah, not yet anyway. (laughs) Harvard. When you get to Harvard at orientation, they sit you down and say, from now on, you all fly first class. Is it like that? I don't remember those exact words being uh, used, but eh, something like that, yeah. It's just just rude, Henry, is it not? It's rude. It's obnoxious. The phones are I'm taking a Greyhound bus where I got to go, and you're (laughs) flying first class. What is wrong with this situation? It was one flight on the way back. It was necessary. I needed the space. I didn't want to disrupt the people around me uh, in the back, so I upgraded. Oh, you're such a saint. (laughs) I I don't want to disrupt the people around me. I took one for the team, honestly. Oh, my gosh. Otherwise, I would have been back there with my little notebook, uh... You know, reading through textbooks and it would have been unpleasant for everyone involved. Well, we thank you for your benevolence. We really do. We thank you for your sacrifice. Your noblesse oblige is just really it's it's I'm it's amazing to me. I'm a hero. Thank you you for are your a hero. Well, <clears throat> I'll tell you who else is a hero. And that is America's mother in law, Elizabeth Warren, because she is now going after your sandwich. That's right. She's now going after sandwiches. And she wants the federal government to get involved to break up the sandwich shop monopoly. I'm going to share that story with you as the show progresses today. I'm just so happy to see Elizabeth Ward, America's mother-in-law, really focusing on the things that matter. But yeah, she wants the Federal Trade Commission to step in and do something about the great sandwich monopolies in America. Got it? And here's the other thing I wanted to mention to you as well. In everything that we are discussing on the show today and all of the different things about eating bugs and flying to Dubai and flying first class, 
And I will say, I'll give you credit, you you sanctimonious, elitist SOB, you Matt DeSantis. At least you did not do what all the people going to the climate change conference are doing and get your own private jet. I'll give you that. If I could have, I would have. Oh, I have no doubts. I have no doubts you'd fly private from Arizona. (laughs) Because as I shared with you earlier, if you are one of the elites and you're headed to the COP28 climate change conference in Dubai... All I'd like you to do is go to Royal Concierge, where you can book your private jet charter to Dubai from the USA, Europe, and beyond. Because why fly even first class when you could burn more jet fuel and fly private, like John Kerry, the climate czar, for example? Now, you may be asking yourself, why fly at all to Dubai when you could probably just do a freaking Zoom meeting at this point? But again, it's all about the nightlife. It's all about the nightlife in Dubai. So, Matt DeSantis, I have a job for you, if you'd load, to, to, to justify your salary that gets you the ability to fly first class. <laughs> Can you find an agenda for COP28? What's going to be happening at the Climate Change Summit coming up? I'm on it. I'd like to know, and I'd like to know what the day activities are. The night activities would be a little bit harder to find. It's like when I go to political conferences, they publish all the boring day stuff. And then the night stuff, you got to, you got to, like, there'll be a little text among the guys or among people. And they say, well, this is where we're going to this party after and that party. And it's going to be like that in Dubai. It's like the abstinence conference. And during the day, you learn all about how to keep it in your pants. And then at night, they're like, all right, so we're going to Club Lady Lucky down the street. But they don't put that on the itinerary. So see if you can find for me the agenda for COP28, which is also largely driven by the agenda from the World Economic Forum and all the other cabals, the global elites that run the world, the people that actually run the place, you know, not not the peasants who fly first class or coach class. It's the people that fly the private jets. They're the ones who actually control the world. And Dubai, as I mentioned to you earlier, is a country that is doubling down on oil production. We're even... The far right Washington Post is pointing out the hypocrisy of Dubai. But Jay's in South Jersey. He's got the answer for me. Hello, Jay. Hey, what's up, Rich? What's I up, Jay? You're talking about, I think you're talking about Penelope Cruz. Yes, thank you. Penelope oh. Cruz. And it's what is it? Qantas, right? Qatar? Is it Qatar? Or it yeah, might Qatar, be Qantas. Qatar's, Qatar's the big airway, so that sounds right. Penelope Cruz. I got now. Now my Twitter is blowing up. As I wasn't looking at Twitter, I got like 500 tweets from people saying it's Penelope Cruz. <laughs> Jay, thank you for calling. I appreciate that. All right, thank you, Rich. Good night. All right, buddy. You, good night. Yeah, it's 4:30. We going to bed? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's dark out here. It's nighttime. Oh, all right, buddy. All right. Well, listen. <laughs> right, you have a good you have good night's sleep, pal. <laughs> uh, Tony's in Delco. Tony, what's up? They were playing these commercials during the World Series, and I'm like, who are you playing these commercials to? The flight is like twenty to $40,000 if you want to fly like Penelope Cruz. Yeah, twenty to $40,000 a ticket. Yeah, you can get a flight on it's Emirates Airline. You can get a flight on there like $700, $800, but you're not going to be getting a shower. You're not watching live sports. Uh, you're not getting... Whatever your toenails manicured, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Whatever she does. Uh, well, again, she's still not nearly as arrogant and elitist as my executive producer, Matt the Sanctimonious. Can we agree on that, Tony? <laughs> I, 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 um, I don't want to be mean, but yes. Matt, thank you. Yeah. Well done. Yeah. That was the only correct answer. 
Tony, thanks, buddy. I appreciate it. Great show, guys. Thank you very much. Uh, 855-839-1210. Well, I'll give you, yes, those are the commercials. And thank you to uh, the Zeoli Army for getting on Twitter and, and letting me know that. I got a lot of tweets. Quant- and, and Marcus Aurelius says it's the Qantas commercial. Sid wants to know if you took a first-class selfie, you arrogant elitist. Uh, let's see here. What else we got? Um, was Matt DeSantis wearing his Harvard sweatshirt when he upgraded? Of course he did. It's just a free upgrade. If you come in and you actually just wear a Harvard shirt at the airport, they automatically upgrade you for free. <laughs> They're like, oh, you, oh, you have the secret code. Come on in. But of course, if you went to DC, the capital region on January 6, 2021, even if you didn't go to the capital, even if you never even entered the district of Columbia, you are being spied on by the government. I shared that story with you yesterday. Air marshals are still monitoring you just because you flew into the capital region on January 6, 2021. Don't forget that. It is a big revelation. The only question that I have is the woman who shared the revelation with us, how long until she is fired? 855-839-1210 on Twitter at Rich Zioli. China's bringing back masks. The UN wants us to eat less meat. And the climate change conference is getting underway in Dubai with the biggest hypocrites on the planet at probably the most hypocritical nation on earth to host a climate change conference, a nation that is doubling down on more petroleum drilling, which I say good for them. We'll be right back. Thanks for listening to the Seoli Show podcast from Talk Radio 1210 WPHT and the Odyssey app. Matt DeSantis' theme song. Starts his day listening to this every day to get fired up for work. Unbelievable. Uh, welcome back. 855-839-1210 on Twitter at Rich Zioli. You know, I hate government. I really do. I hate I hate the concept of it. It should exist for very few purposes. Certainly one of them is not to crack down on my sandwich. But there are people that love regulation and there are people that hate people making money. Elizabeth Warren is all of those people. She loves regulation and she hates when people make money. She's America's mother-in-law and she lectures people all the time. And since you just had Thanksgiving and spent time with your mother-in-law, you know exactly what I'm talking about with that analogy. Now, but I don't mean that all mothers-in-law are like that. I'm just saying some. I'm just going to leave it at that. But anyway, the point is she now wants to go after the great sandwich monopoly. You see what these people do? They turn around and they look around all day and they go, now, who, how, what, how can I expand the power of government? and crack down on people in the private sector. How can I do that? You know, some people support things like, for example, banning Skittles in California because they might have red dye. And they'll call themselves freedom-loving people, because, but they don't like the red dye, so they go, oh, it should be banned because it might give you cancer. Except they don't realize that what you're opening the door to is more government, more regulation, and you are directly contributing to me losing my liberty If you don't want your kids to eat freaking Skittles, then don't buy them for them. Although I guarantee that when your kid gets to college, your kid's going to be like, give me Skittles. Give me more. Give me more Skittles. I got to have Skittles because they didn't have it growing up and they're going to get there and they're going to be snorting Skittles. Okay. But if you don't want something, don't buy it. If you don't like competition, you are a communist. That's what you are. Bottom line, which is what Elizabeth Warren is. And now she's decided to go after sandwiches because Subway, which is a sandwich shop, and in my opinion, is the lesser sub chain out there. There are there are some good ones out there. I'm just not particularly a fan of Subway. I think, first of all, in terms of innovation, when they use Danny DeVito for the Jersey Mike's commercials, it was a game changer for them. I think Danny DeVito is one of those actors people just love the guy. 
and he doesn't really get involved politically, or if he does, I don't know about it. I don't hear about it. He uh, is, and there's, he's done movies that people love, and he's a Jersey guy, actually. His film company is called, I think it's like Jersey Films or Gardens, something with Jersey in it. He's on the New Jersey Hall of Fame committee, where he puts in nominations for people who deserve to be in the Hall of Fame. Uh, and he's done great things for that that sandwich brand. Obviously, there's Primo's. I mean, there's a lot of different ones out there. But the bottom line is, does the government need to be busting chops when some of these sandwich companies decide to get bigger? And in Elizabeth Warren's mind and Bernie Sanders' mind, yes, they do, because that means they're going to make more money. And the whole job of people like them is to go after people who make money and make their life a living hell so that they can try to take some of that money and then redistribute it to other people. So Subway is being purchased by Roark Capital. It's a private equity firm. The problem is Roark also owns Jimmy John's, McAllister's Deli, and Schlotzky's, which are also national sandwich chains. Now, in my opinion, all of those sandwiches are different. In my opinion, they're all different. I think that a Subway sandwich is different from a Jimmy John's. I think a McAllister's Deli, which I don't know if I've been to one, and Schlotzky's, which I think there's one. I've, I've seen one in an airport somewhere because I'm not flying first class. I have to buy my own food. So I might have bought a Schlotzky's at some point and brought it on the flight with me. But in terms of hoagies, for all of us around here, you have your favorite. But then you also have little mom and pop places, which is where I try to go if I possibly can. I go to a mom and pop place, get a hoagie. And everybody has the choice to do that. And if you don't like what's being offered at one place, you can go to another place. But again, opening the door to more government to be able to monitor you and bust chops is literally the goal of these people. They get up in the morning and much like how Matt DeSantis gets up and plays that song and thinks about how he's going to fly first class and how he's a Harvard graduate and I'm not. These people get up in the morning and they say, how can I expand government power and crack down on the private sector? They really do. They believe that. In their core, they start the day looking around and going, what can I regulate? What can I regulate? And if it, and if it moves, what can I tax? It's the old Ronald Reagan line, right? <clears throat> so Warren, Elizabeth Warren, America's mother-in-law, warns that this purchase could lead to higher food prices for consumers. So now she wants the Federal Trade Commission to investigate the merger of Subway being bought by this private equity firm that owns these other sandwich shops. And this is simply part of Warren's years-long economically absurd shtick blaming Biden-era inflation on corporate greed. At the same time, Elizabeth Warren's new sandwich campaign is a perfect demonstration of how arbitrary the federal government's antitrust enforcement can be. And arbitrary government power is an invitation for cronyism, abuse of power, and scapegoating. This is an excellent piece, by the way, from Tim Carney at the Washington Examiner. In fact, we recently had on... Somebody on the show, and I can't remember, Matt, who it was. We talked about this uh, and the efforts to try. It was, oh, I know it was. It was Robert Bork Jr. That's who it was. Let's get him back on the show about this, if you could be so kind to reach out to him. Robert Bork Jr. is leading a national effort to educate people on what the government is doing in its so-called monopoly busting and how dangerous it is and how the whack job who runs the FTC is a demagogue and is a communist and wants to destroy the private sector. I'm not kidding. I'm not exaggerating those things. You know, I don't use hyperbole like that just for shock value. She really is all those things. She's a demagogue communist who wants to destroy the private sector. And she's the head of the FTC, the Federal Trade Commission. And the thing about it is that she, she hit it very well when she, when she was the deputy. And she became the FTC head. And she went, what can I start cracking down on now? 
So consolidating three of the top four players in an industry under one owner might sound a bit monopolistic if you put it that way. But if your consumption habits and tastes are a certain way, you may not be buying their stuff to begin with. Like Subway is the largest subway chain in America. It's the largest. Two other Roark Holdings, Arby's and Jimmy John's, are also in the top four quick service sandwich chains in terms of annual sales. Some people might go to Panera. Some people might go to Wawa. Some people might go to Primo, Herb, uh, Primo Hoagies. Some people might go to Arby's and get, you know, feels like an Arby's night, to quote Putty. But in Elizabeth Warren's mind, and in the mind of a lefty who wants to control every aspect of your life, you having choices is very dangerous. People making money off those choices is even more dangerous. Consider Chick-fil-A, for example. Chick-fil-A, which I absolutely love. I love Chick-fil-A. It's the hate chicken, obviously. And I love that hate chicken. I love that each bite, each morsel of hate comes through. Of course, the hate chicken is an old joke from the 2016 Democrat National Convention when there were all those boycotts against Chick-fil-A from, you know, all these outspoken lefties. And when we were at the Democrat National Convention in Philadelphia broadcasting live, you can ask Greg and Dawn about this. We watched as people passed up all of the other concession stands inside the Wells Fargo Center and waited online 20, 30 minutes for the hate chicken. At the Democrat National Convention, where they were all boycotting Chick-fil-A because the founder of Chick-fil-A believed in marriage being between a man and a woman. So that's where I gave it the moniker, the hate chicken. And we watched as all these Democrats were like, you know, standing in line to get their hate chicken. But Chick-fil-A is fantastic, and they enjoyed $16 billion sales in 2021, which is equal to Subway plus Arby's plus Jimmy John's. Chick-fil-A sells chicken sandwiches. Popeye's and KFC went to war with Chick-fil-A precisely over chicken sandwiches. And now these chains are larger than either Arby's or Jimmy John's. If you remember, recently, there was a time when I was going out and buying fried chicken sandwiches to eat them, which is probably why I wound up in the hospital with diverticulitis and ultimately needing 18 inches of my uh, colon removed. But it's probably that. I would travel around, I'd do the morning show, and then after the show, I would drive around and I would try the different chicken sandwiches as we have the national chicken war going on. And the thing about competition, something that lefties can't ever understand, is that it raises your game. So because Chick-fil-A was crushing it, these other chains that, that didn't have a good chicken sandwich, they all started competing for that business. And the result was they all started to put out a better product, and then people started buying that product, and then they started making more money which means more people have jobs. And those people that have jobs are able to buy things for their kids and their families, like presents and things like that, or candy and cocaine. But whatever they want to do, it's up to, well, that's if Hunter is the parent, obviously. A little shout out to Arrested Development there. That's the question, though. Why does the government have to start busting chops over this? Why does the government have to get involved in this? And the answer is because they believe that that is their job. They don't believe the job of the federal government is to step back and secure the country, secure the border and make sure that the, the, the nation is secure. They believe that their job is to go after the private sector because they want to destroy capitalism. Me, I'm driving by Burger King. I drive by Jimmy John's. I, I drive. These chains are not for me. I'm not a chain guy. I'm not a chain guy, and, I'm, and, and certainly you don't go to chains on certain occasions. I'll just leave it at that. But I choose to go to mom-and-pop restaurants every time I can. 
if I'm out doing a consulting thing in the middle of nowhere and there's all I have are chains around me, well, then fine. But otherwise, I would choose a small mom and pop Italian cozy little restaurant with smoky cocktails and a fireplace over a chain restaurant any day of the week. And that's true for me. I don't need Elizabeth Warren cracking down on chain restaurant monopolies. If you want to wait online outside of whatever it is, I don't know, the Olive Garden or whatever, knock yourself out. I mean, go ahead. Do your thing. I, I, I choose to drive past those places. It's not for me. It's not for me. I don't need consistency in everything. You notice about chains is that you get the consistent same thing at every place you go to. I'm not a fan of that. I want to be creative. I want to have different things on the menu. I want to try new things and I want to see what the chef takes risks and maybe it'll be good and maybe it won't. I'm that kind of a consumer, but I didn't get to that point because they cracked down on whatever company owns Olive Garden. And I think they also own Cheesecake Factory. There's a bit, what's that big restaurant group, Matt DeSantis, that I'm talking about? Do you know? They own a bunch of those big chain restaurants. I have no idea. Yeah, well, see if you can figure it out for me. This is what Elizabeth Warren tweeted. Do something besides book your next first class (laughs) flight. We don't need another private equity deal that could lead to higher food prices for consumers, tweeted out America's mother-in-law. The FTC is right to investigate whether the purchase of Subway by the same firm that owns Jimmy John's and McAllister's Deli creates a sandwich shop monopoly. The FTC puts your lunch on its plate. They're going to probe the $10 billion deal for this sandwich. Now, the question that Jeff Dobbs asked on Twitter as a follow-up, which I thought was excellent, Senator Warren, as the nation's most foremost self-proclaimed sandwich expert, please help settle this dispute a friend and I are having. Is a hot dog a sandwich? It's a great question. No, the answer is no. A hot dog is a hot dog. And they're also delicious, by the way. Especially when they're deep fried. Deep fried hot dogs. How, mm. how is a hot dog not a sandwich? Because it's not a sandwich. It's a hot dog. That's not an argument. <laughs> what do you mean it's not an argument? That's literally you say that argument. about anything. Well, oh, a hoagie's not a sandwich. It's a hoagie. Uh, I digress. I don't know. You think so? I think if it's between two pieces of bread, it's a sandwich. Look, I don't think you should ever go to the Olive Garden. Can I just say that for the record? Yeah, that's fine. I think it's a disgrazia to my people. But I know people that book the Olive Garden for things like family events and, and things. You know, I, well, when you're there, you're family. Like we were at uh, my buddy Rob Ortiz and his wife Amy got married the other night. And they, they had a beautiful wedding. They were at uh, uh, Lamberti's in Cherry Hill. That's a, that was very, very nice. I like, see, I like doing things like that. That's really nice. You small, intimate gatherings and affairs. You know what I mean? Uh, Matt DeSantis, tell me the story. You, you did what now at the Democrat National Convention? Uh, yeah, I was there and uh, I waited in that Chick-fil-A line. It was at least 30 minutes. And the person standing next to me the entire time, Jerry Springer. No way. Yeah. Really? Yep. To get the hate chicken. <laughs> Everybody was in line for that hate chicken. Everybody was in line for that hate chicken. You could go get a generic like chicken sandwich or a hamburger from one of the other concession stands, but everybody lined up for the hate chicken. Mm. Because the hate chicken is delicious. That's why every bite of hatred comes through. Mm. All right, 30 minutes of nonstop talk coming up straight ahead for you. Do not go away. Rich Zioli, weekday afternoons, 3 to 7, Talk Radio 1210, WPHT, and on the free Odyssey app. WOGL HD3 Philadelphia from the Cherry Hill Volvo Studios where relationships matter 
Coming to Dubai, I'll tell you how you can get your own uh, your own seat in a private jet, and I will also tell you how the hypocrisy of Dubai is just delicious. The cup runneth over with oil. Welcome back to the show. Glad you're here. Eight five five three nine twelve ten on Twitter at Rich Zioli. Thank you to Old Man Dudley for pointing that out. I was trying to figure out the name of the restaurant group that owns all these restaurants. It is the Darden Restaurant Group. They own the Olive Garden. They own Longhorn Steakhouse, Bahama Breeze, Eddie V's Prime Seafood, and they own the Capitol Grill. Uh, what else do they own here? They own a number of other places. Cheddar's Scratch Kitchen, Roos Chris Steakhouse, Smoky Bones, Eddie V. This is a lot of, in other words, these are a lot of restaurants. Why isn't America's mother-in-law busting their chops? And the answer is because they're already, they already own all these places. So, I mean, look, if you're a guy that likes to go to the Olive Garden or whatever, any of these other places that they own, there, there you go. Uh, but they're a big company. That Darden Restaurants is a big company. But they're already a big company. So the left hates them. And the left wants to make sure that other companies don't become like them. That's why Elizabeth Warren is going after this new merger between these, in my opinion, lesser uh, subway uh, sandwich chains. These are lesser sandwich chains. These are not great places to get a hoagie, in my opinion. But again, to each his own. She should have nothing to do with it. But this is the mindset of somebody like her. I got to regulate. I got to crack down. I got to do all these things. I got to I got to turn around and I got to make sure that I'm, I'm growing the power of government at every single turn. That's what they do. And at the very same time they do that, they want to tax these people to death. This is the other hypocrisy of this. They turn around and then they try to raise taxes on these people. Here's some Fox News business. I want you to know where your taxpayer dollars are going right now. You and I on the hook. How much right now for the illegal immigration problem in this country? Housing and care for illegal immigrants is our southern borders wide open. See, I'm old school. I guess I would think that a United States senator at this point of time should be focusing on border security for the United States of America. We got a lot of problems here at home. She could focus on. I don't think Subway and Jimmy John's joining in together is really a priority for the federal government when we've got, what, 10,000 people streaming over the border a day illegally and bringing fentanyl and whatever else they're bringing into the country. Unless they're bringing in Jimmy John's hoagies, I don't think Elizabeth Warren should focus on the merger of Jimmy John's and Subway. She should be focusing on the border, as the entire Congress should. But again, she's fine. She would rather have an open border. Think of the mindset of this. She'd rather have the border be wide open. So so tens of thousands of people a day can come to this country because she believes in open borders. than for Subway to merge with Jimmy John's and whatever the other freaking lesser sandwich chain was, Schlotsky's Deli. Think about that. Just think about that. The mindset of a United States senator, lefty kook, who would rather focus her time on making sure that Subway is not owned by the same people that own Schlotsky's versus deal with the fact that the border is wide open and fentanyl, the fentanyl crisis in America is killing an airplane load full of Americans every single day in this country. You call that priorities. 
And I understand you can walk and chew gum at the same time. I understand that. But she's not interested in dealing with the border crisis. This is not something she wants to do. She's happy to have it wide open. They all are. But you and I are paying for this. And this is the cost that you and I are paying here. Cut number two. Stuart, we have new numbers, a new report from the U.S. House Committee on Homeland Security Majority. They say the price tag per year is $451 billion. That is both for the housing and care of the asylum seekers as well as those known gotaways. A lot of money, $451 billion a year of our taxpayer dollars. Now, it's not as much as we're giving to Ukraine, but still, it's close. Uh, By the way, the vote on more Ukraine funding is coming very, very soon. And this is going to be, I'm going to tell you right now, the scam. So get ready. And you know you heard it from me first, okay? Part of my job is to help you peek behind the curtain. Remember, and I gave my buddy Frank Troy credit for this. The the line that he said was, the magician doesn't see the trick. The magician, wait, what was, now I forget the line. See, now I got to go back to my text. What was the line? Hang on. Let me pull it up. (laughs) Uh, i'm having a day here i'll tell you what the magician doesn't see the magic he sees the trick thank you the magician doesn't see the magic he sees the trick so that's what i used earlier as my analogy for when it comes to what's happening at the climate change conference but it's the very same thing that happens in washington all the time so let me tell you how you're about to get screwed over okay you're about to get screwed over once again by the republican party i'm gonna tell you how it's gonna happen this is exactly what it's gonna be they are going to get that ukraine funding that biden wants And they're going to do it by combining it with some watered down, weak border security package so that they can turn around and go back to their constituents and say, well, I didn't want to have to vote to give Ukraine more funding. You remember when I talked to Dr. Victoria Coates about this yesterday? And she said that the Daily Signal did a poll and only 12 percent of the people believe we should be giving Ukraine any more money at this point, any more money. Very unpopular, but Biden's demanding it. And these, a lot of these Republicans believe in, I mean, these are the war hawks of the Republican Party, which is a lot of Republicans. There's a lot of them. These are also the same people that want to stop Donald Trump, by the way. And what they're going to do is they're going to come up with a deal on border nonsense, and it's going to do nothing. It will do nothing to secure the border, and it will actually do much more damage to our country because it will lead to some sort of amnesty deal. Mark my words on this. You know I'm not wrong about this stuff. I can see ahead into the future when it comes to these backhand political room deals. I can see this stuff and how it plays out because I've been around these people before. I've been around these people before and I know how they think. And all these Republicans want cover to be able to go home to their constituents and say, I didn't want to vote for Ukraine funding, but the border crisis. And I will be fighting to make sure that that does not happen. I will be fighting every day on the air to make sure that we call these people out. And we're probably going to have to mobilize. The only army is probably going to have to mobilize. And we're very good at this, you know. Because last time we literally stopped what's-his-face from becoming the Speaker of the House of Representatives. Who'd we stop? I forget. Well, who's the guy? Matt DeSantis? Pay attention to the show, for God's sake. I, I am paying attention. I just don't remember the guy's name. We stopped him from becoming the Speaker of the House, remember? I do. Why do I ask you anything? I should just ask Twitter. Twitter knows. And they're all going to respond to me. Who was the guy that we stopped from becoming Speaker of the House? After the life of me, I can't remember Recently? Yes. Um, we ran, we titled the podcast that, we stopped him. It was a whole big shoot. thing. 
Does think, anyone pay attention on this show? I think it was such a plain Jane name. It's not coming to mind. Yeah, I can't, I'm embarrassed to say I can't think of it. He was all. the guy that came out of left field and, and then, yeah, doesn't. <laughs> Everyone knows who you're talking the about. The point is we stopped him. That's the point. And we, we stopped him. We mobilized him. We, we stopped him from becoming the speaker. And somebody's going to send me a note on Twitter and tell me exactly who it was because these two, DeSantis and, and Machette, they don't pay attention to this program. I'm paying attention. You're yeah, booking first-class tickets. I just don't remember. You're booking first-class airline tickets is what you're doing, pal. I, I know exactly what you're doing. I don't have any trips lined up. Remember, you can't fool me. My gut tells me everything. I'm, I'm, I'm never wrong about this stuff. My gut is always right. It's my guiding light. Oh, is it Tom Emmer? Tom Emmer. Yeah. Thank you. Tom and we stopped him. We stopped him. The Zioli Army mobilized, and we stopped Tom Emmer. His, his speakership campaign lasted from 3 p.m. when I get on the air to about, what, 4.30? We took him down in about 90 minutes, I believe. <laughs> we took Tom Emmer down in 90 freaking minutes, if I'm not mistaken. But, you know, you can tell me things that I, 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 and, I and, I'll, and I'll know that you're the old saying, it's an old man saying, but you're blowing sc- uh, smoke up my skirt. But my gut will tell me, this is a fugazi, I don't believe this, and I'll know what's right. And eventually the truth will come out. You're going to see that from the Republicans with this border bill. You'll see. I'm right. And if we don't fight back on this, Ukraine's going to get more money. The border will not be secured. And there will be a pathway to amnesty. This is all playing out here. This is what the Republican Party does. This is what the establishment does. Secretary Mayorkas, and, and this leads up to it, right? So he went on TV and... This is what he's already proposing, and this is exactly what the Democrats plan. My, my, my friend Tom, he had a great line once to me. He said, this is how you take over a country without firing a shot. And it's a great line. Cut number one. It also doesn't address the other sort of uh, elephant in the room, which is dealing with the undocumented uh, immigrants who are already here in the nation. And I know it's been a political football as to trying to figure out the best way to address that. But I'm going to ask you, what is the best way to address that from your perspective? The answer is quite clear and quite straightforward, and we've been waiting for it for about 30 years. And that is to fix a system that everyone agrees is fundamentally broken, and we need congressional action, both for uh, the lawful pathways uh, that really need to be more robust in statute and for the 12 million people who are here in the United States who have been contributing so fundamentally to our country's well-being. They're our neighbors, our friends, our fellow congregants. Uh, they provide our, our frontline workers. Uh, we need to do something, and I, I am hopeful and remain hopeful that Congress will do it. The president, on his first day in office, mm-hmm. presented Congress with a proposal. Mm-hmm, 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 mm-hmm. I told you, I'm right. Amnesty. Amnesty. This is the goal here. This has always been the Democrat Party's goal. And you don't have to be a genius to see this, but you have an open border. You let millions of people come in and then you give them amnesty. You give them a pathway to citizenship and you make them all voters. And this is how you take over a country without firing a single shot. Here's the latest on what this border deal is going to be. Ready? Top Biden officials are preparing Democratic lawmakers and immigration policy advocates for the likelihood the administration will have to swallow compromises on asylum law in order for the president's national security funding request to pass. 
In calls with these lawmakers and advocates in recent weeks, officials from the White House and the Department of Homeland Security floated potential changes as a means of winning over Republicans opposed to aid for Ukraine. The outreach illustrates how challenging the coming days will be for the White House as it tries to move a $106 billion supplemental aid package that includes money for Ukraine, Israel, the southern border, and Taiwan. Republicans have insisted that any large-scale plan include border policy changes as well. I thought we were not going to do these big, gigantic spending bills anymore. I thought we were going to do up or down votes on these things. Ukraine, A or nay. Israel. A or nay, Taiwan, A or nay, and then the eyes have it or they don't. I thought that that was what we were going to do instead of putting it into these giant spending bills. But again, is anyone surprised by this? In the process, Republicans have placed a political lightning rod on an issue squarely in the biggest legislative matter before Congress and forced the White House to balance competing interests. This is such a scam. This is a scam. You know we're being played here, right? They're acting like this is something that Biden doesn't really want to do and that these Republicans don't really want to do. So this is the only way they can come together. Aren't you sick of this? The magician doesn't see the magic. He only sees the trick. I mean, it's perfect. It's a perfect analogy. This is such a scam. While the administration has begun broaching the contours of a possible immigration policy compromise, similar movement is harder to detect on the Hill. Democratic lawmakers have resisted engaging in talks over what concessions they would make before Republicans detail what concrete policy asks they have, even as they express a willingness to talk. Senator Tim Kaine of Virginia said, I think it's hard to do those things fast, right? Without having a whole lot of unnecessary consequences, but we got to be open to the discussions. But in broad strokes, Democrats have also discussed asylum policy changes as a place of possible overlapping legislative interest. Senator Gary Peters, the Senate Homeland Security Committee chair, said, The process of asylum is clearly something that needs to be looked at. Well, Senator Richard Blumenthal of Connecticut, uh, a moron, by the way, the dumbest member of the United States Senate on the in on the homeland of the American homeland. Maisie Hirono is the dumbest U.S. senator not on the homeland because she's on the mainland. I should say she's on she's in Hawaii. So she's the dumbest. It's hard to say who's dumber, Maisie Hirono or Blumenthal. It really depends on the day. But. Either way, they're both morons. They said the judicial process and the timing of asylum should be considered. What they're talking about here is amnesty. And they, this is what Republicans are going to wind up doing. I'm telling you, don't, don't doubt me here. Don't doubt me. I know exactly how these people play these games. Ah, <sighs> is the number on Twitter at Rich Zioli. This is what they're looking to do. We've been very clear with Republicans about dealing with border security. A specific asylum reform that has come up in private conversations with administration officials, according to people familiar with them, is a change to the credible fear standard. Under current law, if a migrant is subject to expedited removal and put through the credible fear process, that person is required to show a significant possibility of a credible fear of persecution, torture, or returning to their country. A tweak to the law's language could, in theory, mean fewer migrants hitting the credible fear threshold and therefore more people being denied the opportunity to apply for asylum. So understand that what we're talking about here is it's not a, not a border wall. It's not more immigration enforcement. 
It's not more guys with guns down the border. It's not sending in the National Guard to protect the border. No, 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 no. It's a change to asylum law. Ukraine's going to wind up getting more money from this money laundering president since Ukraine has all the receipts on him. And what are we going to get? We're going to get a minor change in asylum law that will most likely be rejected by immigration judges or by other courts. Because I guarantee you what will happen. Because I'm very good at predicting this stuff. What will happen is they'll make this little tweak and then it'll get to, to court. It'll be challenged in court and a judge will come out and rule that it's unconstitutional or whatever the judge will rule, even though. And then it'll go away. But this is the game. So just realize now, in exchange for Ukraine funding, more of your taxpayer dollars going to Ukraine, the money laundering capital of the world right now, you are going to get, you're not going to get a wall. You're not going to get more guns. You're not going to get more people down there closing up the border. Border's going to remain wide open. What you will get is a change to the immigration law asylum code for all the people that are trying to get asylum in the country. And most of those people actually go through legal ports of entry because you can't get asylum without that. So what we're talking about here is nothing about illegal immigration. We're talking about people that try to enter the country through a port of immigrate. You know, we have these ports where you're supposed to come into the country. And if you express your need for asylum, you're supposed to do it at a port of entry. You're not supposed to do it by riding on the top of a train that goes from Mexico to Texas every night. And, you know, every time I see a movie with people on that train or a TV show, all I keep thinking of is, can we not get a freaking like Amtrak conductor to stand out there and just make sure there's no people on the roof of this train? How do they keep doing this? But that's the goal. I mean, that's the job, obviously. Now, what we're talking about here is this is a minor change to the asylum code, and this is going to cost us a lot of money. And this, and and I'm not saying it, it's not necessary. I think what J.D. Vance said is correct. We'd like to see changing the asylum claim standard where you don't have 21,000 people claiming asylum every three days. I think those are two big issues. And there are a lot of other smaller issues that I think are going to come up in negotiations. But how about this, J.D. Vance? And I'm hoping that I can count on J.D. Vance here. How about that has nothing to do with Ukraine funding? Hmm? The insertion of immigration policy into the debate around the president's supplemental request has already proven to be a magnet for elected officials looking for related peripheral reforms. A group of Democratic mayors. And, oh, by the way, speaking of Democrat mayors, we may have, I've got great news. We may have the return of the LoveGov, Andrew Cuomo. He is debating a run for mayor of New York City. Did you hear that? Yes, he is. Don't shake your head. Nobody can hear you. Say it on the air. I, I did not hear you that. You did not hear that. No. You were too busy looking at the menu. I'll have the braised beef <laughs> in first class. You and Buffy. If Andrew Cuomo runs for mayor of New York, I will be the happiest guy in the country. I really will. I'll be the happiest man. I'd be so happy if the love gov came out with all his speeches and his pontificating and his, his bluster. And that's a guy who's learned from his past mistakes, am I right? <laughs> he might be able to win, too, because Eric Adams seems to be in a bit of trouble uh, with money that he's taken from the Turkish government. <laughs> I agree. And of all of them during COVID, the LoveGov was my favorite. I mean, King Philip be unaccountable because every day he'd come out with annoying policies, but Cuomo would just go on there and, you know, I drew a picture 
This is uh, the mountain that I had to climb as governor of New York to save all these lives and kill all these people in nursing homes. I drew a picture. You can buy the picture. You can buy the picture for forty nine ninety five. Our hand sanitizer. New York stinks. Mmm, lilac. Remember that? His prison labor sanitizer that he made? <laughs> During COVID, he had the... He actually had the prisoners in, in the New York penitentiary system make hand sanitizer. It was forced labor. And he would come out and he would do his little things. He'd go, the flavor of New York stinks is boysenberry. It reminds me of the time I took my idiot lesser brother to the International House of Pancakes and got him boysenberry syrup. I can't wait for him to come back. And then you remember the time he got in trouble for groping a woman in the elevator and he said he's just Italian? That's what we do. <laughs> That's what ended his run as governor. That was it. I'm Italian. I can't help it if I come over and I kiss you on the cheek, slap your ass, maybe grab a little of your tatas. I'm Italian. It's what my culture, what we do. Do I want to do it? No, but I'm Italian. I have to do these things. It's in my DNA. It's in my blood. He had no choice. I had no choice. And the best, though, was he, he had the state of New York write his crappy book that no one bought. You remember that? And then he had the state of New York buy the book to try to get it on the bestseller list. This is my story of how I single-handedly saved New York from COVID. Remember that book? And it was a total flop. A total flop, that book. Just like his entire career. I love it. Please bring back the love, Gov. Please bring back Cuomo. I want him back in politics. I need him back. I don't ask for much in life, but I'm asking for this. 855-839-1210 on Twitter at Rich Zioli. So anyway, these Democrat mayors descended Thursday in Washington to meet with the White House and Department of Homeland Security officials, including White House Chief of Staff Jeff Zentz and some other people. And they're all now talking about how they're going to give Ukraine money and then also get this minor amnesty change. It's going to do nothing. You know what the Republicans should do if they have any cojones? They should turn around and they should say, you're not getting a dime for Ukraine unless that border's closed. You're not getting a dime unless that border's closed. Period. That's it. Done. You close the border, we'll talk about Ukraine funding. We're not going to sit here and negotiate a minor change to asylum law that I guarantee you is going to be thrown out of court by a judge. I can already hear the, the opinion by the Fifth Circuit Court of Appeals when they come out and say that this is cruel and you know, whatever they write. I'm not an attorney, but, but the LoveGov is. Does he still have his law license or do they take that away from him, Andrew Cuomo? Do they take that away for all of his scandals? I think he still has it. You have to understand... When I'm on TV talking to my idiot lesser brother night after night about how Ma liked me better than him, how my meatballs were better than his, it was very taxing after a long, hard day of killing people in nursing homes. You know, I dubbed him the nursing home killer back then, too. Like how they had with Dexter. Remember the show Dexter and he was the Bay Harbor butcher? I like uh, serial killer names. So I dubbed him the nursing home killer. Not very original because he was, but. That was the nursing home killer and the love gov. And then do you remember all the groupies who were love gov groupies? And they had shirts. They'd wear shirts. Yeah, they were like crazy. the Manson chicks, the, these psychos. Remember that? I do remember that. So all these women were out there. And I think if I'm not mistaken, I think the comedian, what's her name? She's not, uh, Sarah Silverman. I think she was one of them. And they would put all these videos out there. In fact, we should try to find some in the archives. They would do videos and they would go out there and be like, I just think Andrew Cuomo's dreamy. 
His handling of COVID, oh, those three, four-hour-long press conferences every day where he announces more restrictions and talk about all the things he's doing to keep us safe. Oh, he's just dreamy. And that's where they came up with the term LoveGov. It wasn't yet because he was actually going to, he had not been accused yet of groping women in elevators because he's Italian, which, by the way, as an Italian is an excuse that offends me. But at the time, he was dubbed the LoveGov because he had all these women, he was single, who wanted to date him because of his handling of COVID. So he had these groupies out there, these Cuomo groupies. And that's where the term came from. And so he would go out there and he would do his three, four hour long press conferences every day during COVID. You remember? This is not the time, New Yorkers, for you to take your foot off the gas or my hand off your lap if you're a beautiful, attractive single woman who wears my face on her shirt. Perhaps I killed your mother in a nursing home. I don't know. I'm not sure. But I can console your grief with my Italian charm and hug you and hold you and tell you it's going to be okay. Because the love gov's on it. And tonight when I'm on CNN with the lesser, my idiot brother who's 19th in the ratings, that, that's how bad things were back then for Chris Cuomo. Remember? He was, I believe, during COVID-19, number 19 in the ratings. The sanctimonious. Do you remember that? Uh, I don't remember. You're not paying right. attention no, to the show I'm again. No, I'm trying. I have a clip for you. It's, uh, it's the Cuomo brothers. Um, discussing oh. Andrews Cuomo's status as Love Gov. Oh yes, perfect, it's a perfect. Up for you, enjoy. You know, I've seen you referred to a little bit recently as the Love Gov. Can't take hey. it. Want a pat hey, on the hey, back? Hey. No, no, love Gov. Confusing. Even if it's the Love Gov from New York. Do you think that you are an attractive person now because you're single and ready to mingle? Do you really think? You are some desirable single person, and that this is not just people's pain coming out of them. Love Gov. I'm, I've always I've always been a soft guy. I am the love gov. I'm a cool dude in loose mood. You know that. I just say, let it go. Just go with the flow, baby. You know, you can't control You've anything. You've never said so any of those try. things. You never know. This way. You never know how it's going to go with the love gov. I'm I'm a soft guy until I, I'm not soft anymore. If you catch my drift, Ugh. give the love gov some love, and I'll. I'll hold you and tell you it's going to be okay during the global pandemic as we climb the summit together to the top of the mountain. And the mountain will spew lava all over the place. (laughs) And then he got into the trouble. Then he got into the trouble. After he got all the attention for being the love gov is when all those women came forward and accused him of things. And there's another accusation against him now. But again, guys like Andrew Cuomo, they have such giant egos that they don't ever think it's a problem for them. So they're not going to stop coming. And the, the latest with the LoveGov now is that he's got a groping accuser who's suing him under an expiring law. And the woman who accused him of groping her while he was governor, sparking a criminal investigation, has now filed a lawsuit against him under a just-expired statute that has seen a slew of other cases against well-known men in the last few days. Brittany Camiso accused the Democrat of continuous sexual harassment that included touching her rear end and breast while she worked for him. Rita Glavin, a lawyer for Cuomo, said the claims are provably false, which is why the Albany District Attorney dismissed the case two years ago after a thorough investigation and accused the woman of a cash grab. That's also when Cuomo blamed it all on him being Italian. And the culture, which also offended a lot of Italian people. 855 839 1210 on Twitter at Rich Zioli. 
So, you got friends and family over, and you're thinking to yourself, how do I cook a spectacular meal? What do I do? Well, what I would suggest to you is you load up on Omaha steaks, and you can make the most amazing dinner parties and save money while you're doing it. Because OmahaSteaks.com right now, 50% off site-wide and an extra $30 off your order. Score delicious deals on tender, juicy, extra-aged steaks like their mouth-watering bacon-wrapped filet mignons. You know, every steak at Omaha Steaks is aged for a minimum of 28 days. Aging is a lost art form when it comes to steak, but Omaha Steaks takes it very seriously. You can, you can have easy-to-prepare comfort meals for during the week, and you can send gifts to people, too. I just sent somebody an Omaha Steaks gift. They were able to wrap the cooler, put a card in there. It's going to be a great Christmas present and one that they won't return because nobody ever returns delicious, delicious steak. And Omaha Steaks is something for everybody on your list. Everybody on your list, including people that love seafood. They have lobster tails. You name it. So what you do is you go to omahasteaks.com. The world's best beef, naturally aged for the ultimate in tenderness. Save 50% off site-wide on guaranteed perfect gifts during these sales. Save 50, save an extra $30 off on top of the 50% off when you use my name, Zeoli, Z-E-O-L-I. Minimum order may be required. Minimum order may be required at omahasteaks.com. But trust me on this, you're going to love it. Five generations of family-owned expertise means uncompromising quality you can trust. Every steak and every entree is flash frozen, vacuum sealed, and ready when you are. And if you're getting into the sous vide method of cooking, which I know is very popular right now, the steak is already in a vacuum sealed bag. So you can throw it right into the sous vide and you can cook it that way. And then you finish it on the grill, getting that nice char on the outside. You know what I mean? That nice char on the outside, which you'll love. Omaha Steaks is the absolute best. And they have the best guarantee in the business, period. So where else can you get $30 off on food in this day and age? Nowhere else. So that's why you want to go to omasteaks.com. And where else can you get this kind of high-quality steaks? Those low-energy steaks you're getting at the grocery store, they're not aged 28 days like Omaha Steaks is. Vacuum-sealed, flash-frozen, ready when you are for the perfect meal to entertain. And they also have side dishes, desserts. I'm a big fan of the caramel apple tartlets. You take the Omaha steak seasoning, you put some on top of that, you put it under the broiler for a few minutes. Oh, Maron, it is fantastic. You're going to love that as a dessert. Or maybe the molten lava cakes, chocolate molten lava cakes. Either way, at omahasteaks.com, there's something for everyone on your list, something that they will love. And you should stock up too for all those dinner parties you're going to be hosting very, very soon. Omahasteaks.com, code Zioli. The Zioli Show. On your schedule from Talk Radio 1210 WPHT in the free Odyssey app. All right, so I'll tell you, by the way, speaking of Andrew Cuomo, I wanted to, this is one of my favorite Andrew Cuomo comments. Vax and scratch. That's right. You vax and you get a scratch off. (laughs) That's what he did. Vax and scratch. Vax and scratch. That's right. Now, if you'd like me to scratch you, we can do that too. We can talk about it. Here is uh, the love gov on with his idiot lesser brother. <laughs> and <laughs> this is this is my personal uh, favorite. You like this one? Yeah, I, I, I love this clip. 
Let me set this up properly. You say I'm somehow less than. Yes, you are less than. There's no question about it. You are the lesser Cuomo. Uh, uh, this, okay, so go ahead. This is this is the two of them during COVID entertaining America by their stupid comments back and forth. Go ahead. People to get tested, and some people are afraid it's going to hurt. So you had video of it that I want to show the audience of you actually getting tested. Um, here it is. There's you. You were kind of funny, and they were testing you. Um, now, a few questions about this process. First of all, is it true that when you were having the test administered, you inhaled and the doctor's finger went all the way up your nose and got stuck and it had to be released with a tool? Is that true? Just to, just to deal no, with the record. She, she, she wanted to comment that I have a little button nose mm. and she was afraid that the swab would actually hurt because it, it extended my uh, nasal cavity. The proboscis uh, issue. speaking about the delicacy of, of, the, of the nose. And that's what, you know what, I understand. This is the normal swap. This is what America was subjected to during COVID. And honestly, people, every night, these two idiots back and forth on his show, on CNN, every single night. And then when Andrew Cuomo got accused of all those things, Chris Cuomo was one of his advisors. Remember, this is what ultimately made him lose his job. Because he acted as an advisor to Andrew Cuomo as a crisis advisor. And he would not talk about the accusations against the governor on his show. So there, there you go. Uh, what, what is he asking now? Johnny Cook is asking why I have a blackout of anything on him on my show. A blackout on who? What are you talking about? Oh, that guy Javier Malay, the uh, from Argentina. I, I, I haven't had a blackout. I just haven't had a chance to talk about him yet. It's been a big win for him in Argentina. Don't cry for me, Argentina. He's a libertarian wild man, as Roger Stone calls it. He's a libertarian wild man, and he won in Argentina. I thought I did mention that. You know why it happened? Because I think maybe I forgot to cover it because I've been distracted by all the other things going on. But the I got to translate this post here. From the Argentinian Cato Institute, President-elect Javier Malay has resumed the promotion of liberal values that should never have been abandoned. And liberal, that's small L, not big L liberal. It's small L liberal policies. And good. It's a big win. Argentina is a country that has been absolutely devastated by socialist policies. Absolutely devastated. And this guy is a very Trumpian guy who won. In fact, I'll give you the headline from Politico and you'll know exactly why this is a good thing. Here's the headline. Argentina's right wing president elect to meet with top Biden advisor. So anytime the media calls you right wing, you know you're off to a good start. Argentina's melee to meet Biden aid after lunch with Bill Clinton. Oh, speaking of which, there was a clip today of Joe Biden getting off an airplane in, I believe it was Georgia, with Michelle Obama and Hillary Clinton and other people. Why is Michelle Obama... Hitting the campaign trail. Why, why is the president hanging out with us? That for Rosalind Carter's funeral, right? So Michelle Obama was on the plane with Biden. You think on the plane with Biden, they were talking about how to throw him off the plane so that she could be the candidate? I'm just, I'm wondering. I'm wondering if that came up at all. He'd have no idea because he'd be asleep on the plane, obviously. But Michelle was there. I'm just, I'm wondering. Anyway, Argentina's president-elect Javier Malay will meet with a top security aide to U.S. president. The media hates this guy. They hate him. They really do. They hate him so much 
He is an, what's known as an anarcho-capitalist, which means that you are an extreme capitalist uh, in the sense of you believe in absolute economic freedom, something that this country would very much benefit from. It's a political philosophy where you advocate just really as much capitalism as possible, as much free market, as much open market as possible. He arrived in New Jersey with a small group of advisors, including former central banker Luis Caputo, the frontrunner to be his economy minister, and his campaign manager's sister, Karina Malay. Upon arriving in the United States, he first visited the tomb of a well-known Orthodox Jewish rabbi before having lunch with Bill Clinton, according to a statement from the president-elect's office. He will meet with U.S. National Security Advisor Jake Sullivan while his economic advisors are scheduled to meet with senior U.S. finance officers to discuss the president-elect's economic priorities. And they're not happy about it because those economic priorities, which are going to be about economic freedom, including dollarizing Argentina and shuttering the central bank, and also to get rid of the influence of the International Monetary Fund as well. Argentina is the IMF's largest debtor nation as it struggles to tame inflation approaching 150%. 150%. Now think about this now. We're not far off in terms of that in America, but we still have some time to, 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 we got some where to go. This guy ran for president and Earlier on Monday, Reuters reported that a previously announced visit to Buenos Aires from former U.S. President Donald Trump, seen by many as a much closer ideological companion to Millet, is unlikely to happen. But nevertheless, you can argue that this guy was absolutely one of the people who was inspired by Donald Trump. And I think his grassroots win in Argentina was definitely something that you should pay attention to. It was a populist uprising in a country that has been destroyed by socialist policy. Sound familiar at all? Sound familiar? And this question right now of of what this dollarizing will mean, dollarization. And the Hoover Institute economist John Cochrane wrote this long piece about the dollarization in Argentina. And what he says is what you need to have happen there is you need to have inflation stabilizations that will come from a combination of fiscal, monetary, and microeconomic reform. In other words, what's happening in the United States of America right now, where you've got massive spending and the government wants to keep spending more, what are they proposing now? Another $120 billion of foreign aid? That spending cannot keep going at the rate it's going. Because what you have then is you have inflation, you get macroinflation, eventually you have hyperinflation. How do hyperinflations end? The standard answer is the governments have to make a credible commitment to halting the rapid growth in the stock of money. That's what they, that's what they argue. But the other problem you have is that it's not just monetary reform, but fiscal reform. In other words, stop spending so much money. Bring the commitment to the government's budget into balance. If you want reform, then what you need to do is you need to stop government spending. And look at our country. We can't get that. We can't get our government to commit to actually spending the, only the money that it has. And as a result of that, we are dealing with crippling inflation in this country. Have you been to the grocery store recently? Have you seen all these things? 
So we'll debate this to come, but I just thank you, Johnny, for bringing that to my attention. I wasn't ignoring it. I just wasn't really, I mean, there's just a million other things going on. But his win was a, a great win for grassroots. What's going on in Ireland, by the way? And why does Ireland have everybody's attention? I'll give you some updates on that as well. Ireland's been in the news and not for its green, beautiful shores. Uh, it is something going on in Ireland. As Elon Musk said, Ireland's prime minister hates the Irish people. In wake of the Dublin riots, it's the billionaire's latest salvo over immigration and freedom of speech. I'll give you some of that as well as the show continues. 855-839-1210 on Twitter at Rich Zioli. Don't go away. Thanks for listening to the Zioli Show podcast from Talk Radio 1210 WPHT and the Odyssey app. All right. It's not me. It's not my You ready to shoot yourself in the face every time you hear Christmas music now? Has it gotten that bad? I like Christmas music. Henry, I should just ask you. Are you sick of it yet? Are you going to stores? Uh, no. Not no. yet. All right. No, it is. The time will come, though. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure it will. But uh, no, for right now, it's uh, time to get into the spirit. Okay. <laughs> Why do you hate Christmas music? I Rick? don't. I don't. I don't at all. I don't at all. I'm not saying that. In fact, when I hear Marshmallow World, Dean Martin's version, it makes me happy. It's me. And, and one of the greatest moments of my career is when I got Katie Failinger to sing Marshmallow World on my show. <laughs> that was great. I achieved that. No, that makes me very, very happy. But I'm just saying there's a lot of saturation out there. You, Christmas is everywhere. I love it. It's tis the season. You know me. I, once Thanksgiving comes, I'm all in. I go all in. Lights, music, I'm all in. I want the lights. I want it all. I get, I, we, get, went, we got a tree the other day. Kids picked it out. Love it. I'm all in. Got the tree already. Of course. Wow. Okay. Probably a little too early, and I think I might have done it wrong, and I think it might already be dead. It's very possible. <laughs> <laughs> it's very possible, but... So anyway, the Trump campaign loves Christmas, too. You know what they have now? They've revealed their new Christmas wrapping paper. Would you like to get some Donald Trump Christmas wrapping paper I for your friends? I have this. The second I saw it, I fell in love. It's amazing. This wrapping paper... It's available for $35 on the Trump campaign's merchandise website. And it features his mugshot. (laughs) (laughs) Did I not tell you that he was going to capitalize on this mugshot? Oh, his money in the bank. Ah, MAGA first pump. I'm sorry, MAGA fist pump wrapping paper. That's one of them. And uh, made in the USA. One set of three sheets, 21 by 39. And it's his mugshot is the picture with a Santa Claus hat on his head. They also have one with uh, the president wearing a Christmas hat with the slogan, Make America Great Again. So the former president, Jimmy Matthews, I don't want you to freak out. All right. Uh, Yeah, I think it's good. I mean, good for him. They are capitalizing on this mugshot in every single possible way they, they can. He has a sign up. It says Never Surrender. It's a signed poster by Donald Trump for 28 bucks. And it's his mugshot. All right, I told you it was going to go next to the mugshots of Frank Sinatra, David Bowie, uh, Jagger. Who, who? I mean, think of famous mugshots, right? Sinatra is still my favorite, though. You put Trump right next to that. Never surrender with that, that just staring at the camera, that look in his eye. They have wrapping paper, never surrender wrapping paper with his mugshot. You can get a never surrender Christmas stocking with his mugshot on. Boy, that would drive my mother. I, maybe I should get that just for, 
you know, blanks and giggles around the Christmas season. Imagine that a never surrender Trump mugshot stocking to be hung when your liberal in-laws come for Christmas dinner. Boy, that's going to turn out well for you. That's going to work out well. I think everyone actually would probably like the wrapping paper, though, whether you're a Republican or a Democrat. It's just genuinely hilarious, right? Yeah, you think so? Yeah, I think it's a, a genius idea. Like, I would never contribute to um, a, a political fund. I, I I just don't make donations. No, how can you? You yeah. you 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 got to use all that money for your first class airfare. <laughs> I, I got nothing left. <laughs> right. But I I, I do want to buy this wrapping paper. It's it's an incredible idea. He also has a a, a coffee mug with his mugshot on it too. Coffee mug shot. Get it? Wrapping papers. You go wrapping paper. I guess so, because if you hate Trump, then when you're tearing the wrapping paper to shreds, you'll feel good about yourself, right? Yeah, plus it's a mug shot, so you could make the argument. It's a mug shot. He's seen better days. It's not good, but, I mean, clearly it kind of is good because he's going to make a fortune off this. Oh, I got an idea. Tomorrow I'm filling in for Mark Levin Mm -hmm. at 6 o'clock. So we're going to, we're going to, Greg always lets me take Mark's show live at six when I do it. I got to text him and tell him. I'm sure he's already heard it since he's listening. <laughs> but the home studio is having some technical, we're, we're, we're doing a rebuild uh, in the new house. So I got to be in studio for it. So can we switch over? How do we do the switcheroo to the national show in the studio? Normally when I do that, I do it from home. We've done it before. We can do it, right? Yeah. I don't, I'm not going into that low energy, lame booth back there. I'm staying right here in the host chair. Yeah, we can. I'm the it. freaking host, and even though I, I I don't fly first class, Henry, I'm not leaving the host chair. I understand. You understand? I hear you loud and clear. I'm not giving up my host chair, damn it. <laughs> I'm staying here 3 p.m. till 9 p.m., and I'm not moving. Very antsy. Very fired up. Got a lot of Italian passion today. You know why? What's that? I don't know why. Oh. <laughs> I think the love gov inspired me. I can't believe the Love Gov is running for office again. I'm so happy. I, I really am. I'm, I'm so happy. I, I, I couldn't be happier about this entire thing. Vax and Scratch. Right over here. Right here. Vax and Scratch me right over on this part of my body. Why? Well, I'm Italian. It's what we do. What? 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 All right. 855-839-1210. On Twitter, at Rich Zioli. Big 6 o'clock hour, fourth and final hour. Coming up straight ahead. Don't go away. Rich Zioli, weekday afternoons, 3 to 7, Talk Radio 1210, WPHT, and on the free Odyssey app. WPHT, WPHT, HD, WOGL, HD3, Philadelphia. From the Cherry Hill Volvo Studios, where relationships matter. Always live on the free Odyssey app. The revolution will be broadcast. Yes. This is the next generation of talk. Now, on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT, Rich Zioli. Well, the climate change conference is coming. The jets are fueled. The luxurious vehicles are all gassed up. And Dubai is set to host the COP28 Climate Change Summit, which will have more edicts, more tyranny, and more destruction of capitalism. Welcome to the show. Glad you're here. 855-839-1210. On Twitter, at Rich Zioli. Thank you for being here today. Very, very busy day. A lot to chat about and uh, big show still to come as we lead up to the Mark Levin show at 7 o'clock. 855-839-1210. You know, the question is, 
What do we do about American hostages that are being held right now by Hamas? And we're still not getting any clarity from the White House on this issue. We're still not getting any real sense of leadership on the issue. I think it's very frustrating. I really do that we are not in a place right now where we can understand what's happening. I'm, I'm also not surprised by this because this is an administration right now that has absolutely no ability to navigate anything. But I'll tell you something. It is going to be a big deal as this continues. This is Congressman Dean Phillips, who's a, actually running for president of the United States against Joe Biden, a Democrat. And he spoke with Abby Phillips on CNN about what he would do if he were president of the United States of America right now. Cut number five. Because we have nine Americans held hostage right now by Hamas, have been there for six weeks, including at least one child. And by now, I would have expected American special forces to perhaps play a hand in extracting them. I think it's absurd, uh, shocking and dismaying that six weeks later, we still have American hostages held by a terror organization in Gaza. Uh, I'm happy for the Israelis. Don't get me wrong. Hamas should release all hostages. But the fact that we have Americans sitting in Gaza right now held hostage is appalling and should be addressed immediately. So to be clear, you would turn down even this opportunity to free 50 uh, hostages. And and I want to just clarify for the audience, these are Israelis, but some of them are dual citizens. They hold dual passports, including some Americans. If all Americans are included that are held hostage right now, of course I would approve it. Mm If there's a single American that is still held hostage after this deal, no. Mm-hmm. Um, special forces. So what do you think of that? Tom Cotton, Senator Tom Cotton, says he agrees with this idea and he's open to it. Cut number six. You have served in uniform overseas. What do you make about this call for using U.S. special forces to get our folks out? Well, we should certainly be open to that. I mean, we have elite special operations forces who are specifically trained in hostage rescue. I I do think we have to be deferential to to the Israeli government and the Israeli defense forces about the tactical situation on the ground. But if American military forces are called upon and can provide a viable solution to get out American citizens and the citizens of Israel or other nations, then we have to be open to that. But again, it's not just those small special operations units that we have trained. We have two aircraft carriers in the region. We've increased the number of troops and aircraft we have in the region. Yet Hamas is still so contemptuous of President Biden that it hasn't yet released American hostages. This would have never happened under Donald Trump or Ronald Reagan. In fact, if you recall, Jimmy Carter had a hostage crisis with Iran, Hamas's patron, for over 400 days. Iran released those hostages the day Ronald Reagan took office because they were so scared of what Ronald Reagan might do to them. You don't see that kind of fear of President Biden from Hamas or Iran or, frankly, anyone around the world. Um. <clears throat> Well, let's see here now. Senator Tom Cotton also talked about what we have to do with Iran. And this is kind of stuff that makes me a little nervous because, you know, I don't really want to see World War III break out here. But this is what he said regarding all of the launch, all the missile launches against American troops and American ships. Cetera, cut number eight. You talk about our assets in the region. We talk about our troops in uniform in the region how worried are you about that expanding into something broader that we get drawn into? Because I don't think the American people have a taste for that. Well, unfortunately, Shannon, it's already expanded. Since Joe Biden took office, Iran has attacked American positions in the Middle East. 
I think now over 150 times, and just in the last month it's over 70 times. We've only hit back a few times. When we do hit back, it's almost always at empty proxy warehouses or maybe proxy forces in Iraq and Syria. It seems like the president wants to go out of his way to avoid Iranian casualties. That but what targets would you suggest? I, I, would target, I would target Iranians who are operating in Iraq and in Syria. I would also send a clear message to Iran if these attacks don't stop immediately, then we'll begin to threaten their assets. Like Ronald Reagan when he sank half of Iran's navy for attacking a U.S. Navy ship. Look, the president keeps talking about fear of escalation. Mm -hmm. Fear of escalation ensures escalation. The way to stop it is to establish escalation dominance over a terror-supporting regime like Iran. You know, it, Sean Connery's character, Jim Malone in The Untouchables, said to Kevin Costner's character, Elliot Ness, about how to handle the Chicago mob, if they send one of yours to the hospital, you send one of theirs to the morgue. That's not just the Chicago way. That's the way of the Middle East. And President Biden doesn't appear to understand that. But do we get drawn into something akin to World War III? Is that what Hamas wanted all along? I mean, clearly they didn't want Israel to achieve some of these peace talks that they were having that the U.S. was involved in as well. But to, you know, get militarily involved, kinetically involved with their landmass is a different situation. That's another no, level. No, Shannon, like what Ronald Reagan did when he sank half of Iran's navy it didn't lead to an open, outright war. It, In fact, it ended the Iran-Iraq war, which had been waging for more than eight years because Iran was so scared of Ronald Reagan. After Donald Trump directed the killing of Qasem Soleimani in Iraq, Iran's terrorist mastermind, Iran pulled in its horns for the rest of the Trump era. The way to stop these attacks is not to be fearful and hesitant and cautious in a response, but massive retaliation to make it clear we will not tolerate these attacks on Americans. Otherwise, I fear we're going to see a mass casualty attack against American forces in the region. Look, there's no doubt that the only way to keep these crazy people in their lane is by making them believe that they will be destroyed. There's, I have no doubt about that. I, I've, I've always said that peace through strength. That's the concept. Has to be. Has to be that. Because otherwise they will they will try something. There's no doubt about it. And I don't think that they fear the United States of America. See, this is why if Trump was president right now, none of this would be happening because they actually would fear the guy and he would be unpredictable. I remember this one time Trump did an interview with Chris Wallace. I remember this well because I may or may not have prepped him for it. I don't know. I don't remember. And I can't say either way. But you want the up or down on that one, Matt DeSantis, or not? Did you yeah. want the up or down? OK, thank you. No, I know. Okay. Gave you the thumbs up on that. Oh, sh dump that. You, you ruined it. <laughs> but anyway, he was asked about using nuclear weapons. Would you rule out using nuclear weapons as president? He said, I'm not going to rule out anything. I want to be unpredictable. Why would I rule that out? Why would I ever rule that out and make the bad guys think I would never use that? Which is a great answer. It's a brilliant answer, actually. I'm not saying it was mine. I'm just saying that it was a very good answer. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> Whoever came up with it is a real genius. It's a, ge it's a genius answer. Be unpredictable. See that? That's why it's like it's it's like the uh, the chain restaurant analogy. Always consistent. Always predictable. Never anything special. Not my style. Speaking of the Middle East, by the way, uh, Senator Bob Menendez is still getting classified briefings. So if we were to do anything regarding Iran, Bob Menendez would know about it. If it involved Egypt in any way, shape, or form. Bob Menendez would know about it. And the guy who's at the center of the Bob Menendez prosecution, Whale Hanna, has extensive ties to the Egyptian government, including arranging the shipment of military equipment from the United States. 
It was late 2015, cranes at a seaport in Jacksonville, Florida. Again, this is from the far right wing Washington Post. (laughs) Carefully hoisted U.S. military helicopters worth up to $40 million each onto a massive cargo ship set to deliver the equipment to the Egyptian government. Egypt's defense ministry had turned to an unusual figure to help arrange transport of the prized hardware. Whale Hannah, an Egyptian-American businessman who had previously run a trucking business, a gas station, and a truck stop along a gritty industrial strip in northern New Jersey. Man, if that, if that truck stop could talk, am I right? I don't know how he got involved with shipping aid for the Egyptian military, said Assam Youssef, a former Hanna associate who runs a marine transport company in New Jersey, and said he helped Hanna arrange the November 2015 shipment. It was strange. The way he was coming to me, he didn't have a clue about shipping. But it was clear the Egyptian government trusted him. I mean, here's this guy in Jersey who runs a gas station and a truck stop, and now he's doing the shipping of very expensive American military equipment to Egypt. How does that happen? It happens because his buddy is Senator Bob Menendez. That's how it happens. Eight years later, Hannah's ties to the Egyptian government are under a bright spotlight. After a years-long investigation, U.S. authorities charged him in September with paying bribes to U.S. Senator Bob Menendez of New Jersey and his wife Nadine Menendez in exchange for actions that benefited Egypt, including Menendez's promise to help keep military aid flowing to the North African nation. And this is the guy who lavished the couple with gold bars, checks, and household furnishings between 2018 and 2022, while helping to introduce the senator to Egyptian military intelligence officers and serving as a go-between for their communications. A Washington Post, again, the far-right-wing Washington Post here, examination based on records and interviews with dozens of people who know or have worked with Hannah found that his connections to the Egyptian government go back further and are more extensive than previously reported. Those connections help explain how he was in a position to capitalize on his relationship with Menendez, who was until recently the chairman of the Senate Foreign Relations Committee, but is still on the Senate Foreign Relations Committee, where he is still getting these classified briefings. And you know what? Even Senator John Fetterperson has come out and called for Menendez to be kicked off that committee because of the accusation that he was doing things to help Egypt. So they met years after the helicopter shipment. They forged a bond that prosecutors say quickly became mutually beneficial. He rose from being a down-in-his-luck entrepreneur in New Jersey to a central figure in an international scandal that has ensnared a powerful U.S. politician and sent shockwaves through the diplomatic world. In the years after the helicopter shipment, Egyptian authorities entrusted him with greater responsibility and power, enriching him even as business associates and government officials around the world found the arrangements mysterious. He began helping introduce Menendez to Egyptian government officials. Egypt granted a lucrative monopoly to one of the companies that he had started, suddenly making him a player in international trade. And this is my favorite part of this. You ever go to one of those uh, food trucks? I don't really see them anymore. But do you remember the old studio we had, Matt, back on uh, Market Street? Yeah. Or, um, yeah, I guess it was yeah, 400 it was market. market. Yeah. Remember there was that halal food truck across the street? I do remember that. Evil Jared would always get stuff from there almost every day. It was pretty good. Yeah, back then I had an office, had a big leather couch in my office back then, TV, coffee table. You don't have those things I now. have no. I don't even have a, I have a locker. I have a tiny little locker here. I don't even have that. Well, you fly first class. That's but. true. 
Oh, back then, all the hosts, we had offices. It was great. I, my office was huge. Big black leather couch, TV, coffee table. I had an espresso machine in there. I could shut the door and drink my espresso and do my show prep, and it was great. But we sometimes would go down to that halal food truck. It was very good. You remember that guy? It was very good, yeah. You get the rice and the and the chicken or the meat, you know? He was a nice guy. His son worked there, too. It was a little family operation. Family operation. Right on the corner. There was always a line. I, I hope he's still in business. I don't know. I think COVID killed a lot of these poor food truck guys, I would think, right? I was actually over there a couple, I uh, maybe it was a couple months now, um, during the week, and I didn't see him. They didn't see him. Yeah, the other problem is not people, people aren't coming back to the office five days a week anymore, so it's hard to make a living doing that, I would imagine. But his meat was certified halal, but not because he's corrupt. You see, unlike what that little food truck guy did, this guy, Hannah, got is got Egypt to certify his company, give him the ability to certify meat as halal. The sole responsibility for certifying that halal meat exported to Egypt was processed according to Islamic law, rankling the global beef industry. This guy had no experience in this. He had nothing to do with certifying meat as halal, which, of course, is the only way that Muslims can eat meat. Devout Muslims have to eat halal certified. And in Egypt, there's a lot of them. So this was going to be a boon to him. This is the allegation. See, Menendez was able to do this because as the chairman of the very powerful Senate Foreign Relations Committee, Bob Menendez had the ability to hold back any military or humanitarian aid that would go to Egypt. He could literally hold it back in his office. I kid you not. As the chairman of that committee, if the check was going to Egypt, Bob Menendez could put it in the top drawer of his desk. That's the power the chairman of that committee has. Huge. So this guy is giving Bob Menendez gold bars and cars and cash, and he gets this sole ability to be the one and only person certifying the meat as halal. Prosecutors alleged the company was used to funnel bribes to Menendez and his wife. Of course it was. Egypt later sought to further expand Hannah's monopolies to other imports, creating a massive backlash among foreign diplomats. Pretty big stuff, if you ask me. And the part that I love best about this story is that the sleaze is oozing out just everywhere, and the guy still has the ability to um, to be on the Senate Foreign Relations Committee. What What is this now? Uh, apparently now this guy, now I don't know if this, Johnny Cook sent me this. Johnny Cook is also an honorary producer of the show. Argentina's new president is a former tantric sex coach who talks to his dead dog. This is a story from Metro UK. A tantric sex coach. The tantra lasts for hours, apparently. Sounds exhausting. Anyway, his first trip to the United States, his meeting is with Bill Clinton. Bill Clinton is going to be sitting there... (laughs) And for one time in his life, not talking so that he can learn something. <laughs> he used the uh, slogan, make Argentina great again. MAGA, the far right outsider uh, who stormed a victory after an outlandish campaign, including a rally featuring Batman and the Joker, a man in a full lion costume and another supporter whose head and arms were replaced by chainsaws. He's been named the chainsaw president after appearing on stage at rallies holding the power tool while pledging to slash public spending. And his life was equally colorful before he entered the political arena. Like the former U.S. President Trump, the 53-year-old television pundit and economist has no previous governing experience and is said to seek advice from his dead dog, 
using telepathy. His CV includes working as a tantric sex coach, which saw him go up to three months without having an... <clears throat> wow. The lifelong bachelor, who has also revealed his um, penchant for threesomes, previously vowed to make his sister the first lady if he was elected to office. Ew. When a political opponent branded him a disheveled panelist who screams on stage and sleeps with eight dogs and his sister, he simply replied, I don't have eight dogs. And like Boris Johnson, the new Argentinian leader, the former frontman of a Rolling Stones tribute act called Everest, is famed for his wild hair, which he says he never combs. Only right-wing women, Lila Lemoyne, his image consultant and professional cosplayer, is allowed to style his mane. He looks like Wolverine. He acts like Wolverine. He's like an anti-hero. And he is there to slash government spending. And this guy is my new hero. 855-839-1210 on Twitter at Rich Zioli. Uh, listen, Cherry Hill Vavo and Route 70 in Cherry Hill. You know, I am such a great fan of Cherry Hill Vavo and all the great work that they do over there. And I would love for you to reach out to Cherry Hill Vavo today because they are doing a big renovation at Cherry Hill Vavo. They need to make room for all the construction equipment. It's been a family-run dealership ever since Judith Krupnik's father started it. And lots of great things are happening. Now, right now, they have already aggressive pricing on Vavos. New, used, certified, pre-owned, I mean. And, of course, uh, the Care by Lease program that I'm involved with, with Cherry Hill Vavo. It's what I do in every five months to get a new Vavo. But to make room for all the construction equipment this month, you take their already generous offers, the already aggressive financing, and you add on top of that an additional $1,000 off all new Volvos plus owner loyalty. $2,000 off when financing or leasing through Volvo Cars, a $7,500 lease rebate on all plugins. The dedicated professionals at Cherry Hill Volvo pride themselves on always delivering the luxury experience that you deserve. Now, I drive the XC40. This car is luxurious. The leather is real and it's supple. It's not vegan leather, which is, of course, plastic. It's a very luxurious leather. The car's got great technology. It's fast and incredibly comfortable. And there's plenty of room to spread out. There's a lot of room in this car and a lot of cargo space as well. I used to drive the XC60, which is a bigger SUV. But honestly, like they're both fantastic cars. They're great. The S-Class, which is made right in South Carolina at their plant there. And also the XC90, of course, the family car with that third row. Either way, whatever you decide, new certified pre-owned. And the certified pre-owned Volvos are fantastic. They're like new. And they basically are, they, I mean, they have to go through such an extensive check to be on that uh, at Cherry Hill Volvo. Judith will not let them be sold there unless they are like new. And they have an incredible warranty on them as well. So take advantage of this new renovation at Cherry Hill Volvo and go there today. Get an additional $1,000 off all new Volvos plus owner loyalty. $2,000 off when financing or leasing through Volvo cars. $7,500 lease rebate on all plug-in Volvos. Only at Cherry Hill Volvo, where relationships matter. The Zioli Show, on your schedule. From Talk Radio 1210 WPHT in the free Odyssey app. I got a couple of great stories for you before the show is over today. And just as a programming note, I will be in for the great one, Mark Levin, tomorrow night. So this time tomorrow, you will be hearing the Mark Levin show with me hosting it right here on Talk Radio 1210 WPHD. So we'll be together for six hours tomorrow from 3 p.m. until 9 p.m. I want to give a shout out to my friend, Rob Ortiz. He's been one of my closest friends for 20 years we were in the trenches together in Jersey politics, and he's a great guy, and he actually runs the Cooper Foundation, 
And of course, you know, I do a lot of great work with Cooper. And Rob does a tremendous job raising money for that foundation, which gives a lot. I can't even express to you how much they give back to people in terms of uh, helping them get the health care that they need. He and his wife, Amy. So Amy looked gorgeous Saturday night. They got married at Cafe Aldo Lamberti in Cherry Hill. I was honored to get up and say a few words. And they had a beautiful night and they're going to have a wonderful life together. So I just wanted to congratulate Rob and Amy Ortiz on their marriage. And here's to the next 50 years. That was the theme last night, 50 years of marriage. So congratulations, you two lovebirds. And it was a really fun night. The parts that I remember were uh, amazing. They were great. They really were a lot of fun. And his boys, you know, his kids were there, his, his sons, uh, one of whom who may play college ball, which would be great, college football. They did a McDonald's run later in the night. Isn't that nice? Because his wife wanted some, some French fries. Yeah, I like that. Isn't that nice? I like that very much. Speaking of uh, food, because, you know, we always get hungry this time of night. Let me ask you guys a question here. Oh, yeah. Does it ever annoy you when you're around people and they start snacking on chips? And they're very loud. Nobody likes to hear that crunch. Crunching chips, right? Annoying, yeah. Yeah. This story that I saw, again, from the Washington Post, DeSantis, you've got a lot of good stories here. Executive producer Matt DeSantis, you're finding all the good stuff in the far right-wing Washington Post. Democracy (laughs) dies in darkness. (laughs) They've had a good 24 hours. Crunching chips, which people will sit around you and eat. You know, like we have a friend, he's a little chubby. He's always shoving (laughs) chips in his face, you know. Doritos has created something called Doritos Silent. It's a crunch cancellation software that removes the sound of chewing from voice chats, Zoom, or any calls that use headphones. But it was actually really created for gamers. I would never imagine eating anything on the air. I don't do it. I, first of all, I, I, it winds up making it harder for me to talk. So I usually don't eat before I do a show. And then I go home and I eat like I, I've, I haven't eaten for weeks when I get home. I just basically... I. I just start eating raw meat. You know, I'm so hungry. <laughs> it's ravished. But when people are chewing on the phone or on a Zoom call, it is particularly annoying. It's and kind of rude, isn't it? Yeah, it's really totally. gross. Uh, nobody wants to hear anybody chew. And then I uh, wouldn't uh, want people to hear me chew. No, no, I don't know why people are eating on Zoom calls. But it's the gamers because they'll sit there and they have these, these luxury chairs. Not as luxurious as the chairs you sat in in first class, Matt DeSantis, <laughs> or... As luxurious as all the climate change hypocrites will fly when they take their private jets to Dubai for the climate change summit on Thursday. But these gamer chairs, you know, they're very expensive and very relaxing. And they sit there all day and they play the gamers play the games and they snack all day. And they say that the sound of the snacking is distracting when people are trying to play the game. So Doritos is so popular with gamers. They love it. So Doritos came up with this new technology, which will basically now wind up silencing the crunch. It seems like a waste of resources. I love that. No, but I love that, though. No, this is stupid. It doesn't need to exist. If you're in the heat of the moment, game's on the line. You're going to be eating And chips? someone's, yeah, someone's, yeah, well, no. Say that that teammate's dead. And, like, say they're playing, like, a shooter game. That teammate's dead. And he goes, well, I'm dead. I, I might as well eat some chips now. And he's crunching away in your ear, and you're the last one left, and you're trying to clutch up and win. Not good. It's not good. I, it's, I can't hear. I got to hear the footsteps. Where is everybody around me? Of all the, <laughs> by the, the way, enemies? no, no. This is even worse. Though, do you remember when Doritos uh, developed a chip for women? <laughs> That's not. <laughs> Doritos thing. developed a, a chip for no. women. People don't remember this. It was intended to be a low crunch alternative with reduced orange finger dust. There was backlash <laughs> online 
And PepsiCo walked it back saying that it was not, in fact, releasing a specific Doritos product for women. So, but that, but that, this is pre-COVID. People don't remember that. Well, there was all this reaction. I remember when they did that with Dr. Pepper. There was like a Dr. Pepper for men. I, I, I have Mr. a picture. Isn't I, Dr. Pepper always for men? <laughs> no, here. I, got, I have a picture of it somewhere because it's so The ridiculous. story from back then was February 5th, 2018. Doritos is developing lady-friendly chips because you should never hear a woman crunch. The woman who wrote this piece was trying to argue that this was sexist. Like, hey, how come Doritos is saying that women should not be crunching, but men can crunch? I kid you not. This is a th- this was really a thing. And there was so much backlash over how dare Doritos turn around and say that women should not be crunching their chips. But after the backlash, they withdrew it. So you're saying that there was a gender-specific Dr. Pepper? <laughs> Dr. Pepper 10. What was that? Bold, t- t- bold taste, 10 calories. It's not for women. Oh, yeah. No, it's pretty clear. <laughs> wow. You know, birds are racist, too, right? Oh, are they now? <laughs> I, yeah. I read that recently, yeah. Birds are racist. Well, the New York not Times really reminded either. us of that this week. So Doritos are sexist, Dr. Pepper's sexist, and birds are racist. But let me just make a point, though, on Doritos. There is something about the orange powder. I, I, I would go, see, I'd buy the lady chip if it's me. If they actually had that, I would buy the lady chip. And I'm man enough to say it. Look, I'm an alpha male. I'm a super predator. I'm, I'm not ashamed. to apex predator, baby. I'm not ashamed to say it. I would go with the lady chip. And the reason why is because less crunch, less orange dust. I don't have to worry about getting on my couch. You know what I mean? Yeah, I actually agree with you. I was going to voice that opinion, but I've been grilled enough today. So I thought I'd just <laughs> keep it to myself. You have been grilled a lot today. I yeah. haven't got some feedback on that. Like, would you cut to Santa's a break already? But no, I agree with your assessment. If there was a Dorito that existed that uh, left less powdery residue on your fingertips, you would obviously buy that chip. Right. I think they, I I don't know if it was a rumor, but I remember reading something like they can do that, but it's not a part of the Doritos experience. They want you to be messy? Yeah. That's stupid. Like lick the Cheetle off your fingers and I feel like I rub it on the couch, Rich's I, couch specifically. I feel like I haven't eaten a Dorito in like three years and most of it is- I'm probably hitting the vending machine on the way out of here and just <laughs> like woofing down a bag of them now that we've talked about it so much. I really want a sandwich from one of the sandwich monopoly. By the way, why the does sandwich. the greater Chris not listen anymore? I don't know. Does he not listen or is he just not listening today? They, Joan Cohen put out a tweet and said she, is, she has to worry about big sandwich, you know, because now that America's mother-in-law is going after the, the sandwich conglomerates- and then the greater Chris tweeted out and said, I'm not listening, so I don't know what this is about, but I think I'm definitely for Big Sandwich. Why is he not listening to the show? Uh, that's disappointing. That's outrageous. The greater Chris, one of our, uh, one of our finest listeners. Well, doesn't listen anymore, evidently. Uh, what, did we do something to him? I don't know. He seemed like such a nice guy when I met him in Cape May. Johnny Z said, don't forget the LoveGov got an Emmy for those ridiculous press conferences. That's true. And... Uh, This is from Fred's sister-in-law. I'm old enough to be the mother slash grandmother of these two young whippersnappers on Rich's show, and I have a better memory than the three of them put together. And that's true because neither of you can remember anything I say ever. When I need you to recall it for me, you can't remember a damn thing. (laughs) In fairness, there were about nine different people that were nominated to be uh, Speaker of the House by the Republican Caucus in a span of about two weeks. It's hard to remember the specific guy that... 
uh, that you declared war against. Never, Tom Emmer. Never heard of any of these guys until they get nominated, you know? <laughs> <laughs> who? You're not paying attention to who the House majority with yeah. is, Henry? <laughs> Didn't even know that was a thing. I'll be honest with you. <laughs> the point is that I we single-handedly defeated Tom Emmer as Speaker of the House. So. I think it was Tom Emmer. I actually never confirmed. but I, One of those guys. I'm pretty sure it was Tom Emmer. Uh, now, now the question is: Do I get Cool Ranch or Nacho Cheese on the way home tonight? I don't know. I don't know. Nacho I'm not cheese. sure. Spicy sweet chili. Oh, my son likes that. Oh man, they're the best. Yeah, I, he's a big fan of those. Here's what Pop Tarts is doing in the world of food. By the way, Pop Tarts is now coming out with they have um, their little mascot things that they have for Pop Tarts. But I, I'm from childhood scarred by life from Pop Tarts, so I probably won't even eat this. But did you see that they're coming out with little? Little helmets that are Pop-Tarts, so you have an Eagles Pop-Tart helmet. No, I didn't see that. Yeah, and then you can wind up, I guess, getting that for your Super Bowl party or something like that. But Pop-Tarts are, I, I don't know, they're, to me, they're just too too sugary. I'm not a fan, you know what I mean? And the crunch is not there enough for me. Yeah, I'm they're, just making they're, good, they're good in a pinch. You're good you know, in a pinch. On the way out the great. door, I need, oh, I need to eat something. There's a Pop-Tart. Oh, Sid, is, Sid would like to demonstrate eating chips right now. So. <laughs> oh, God. Hello, Sid. How are you? Very nice. Can you can you can you use the Doritos app and silence that for us, please? No. All right. These are Doritos. These these are uh, pita chips. Are you high right now, Sid? (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Yes. All right. At least you're admitting it. I appreciate that. Thank you for your honesty. Okay, Sid. You made your point. Thank you, Sid. All right. We're going to let him go now. I think that's a good idea. <laughs> Believable. 855-839-1210. I like the sexy lady Dorito chip. That's what I'm eating, and I'm man enough to say it, damn it. I'm man enough to say it. 855-839-1210 on Twitter, at Rich Zioli. Do not call and demonstrate your chip eating on the air. I don't want to hear it. But I will tell you about the climate change hypocrisy about to take place in Dubai, a country that is doubling down on their investment in petroleum and drilling, and yet is playing host to the Climate Change Summit. Don't go away. Thanks for listening to the Seoli Show podcast from Talk Radio 1210 WPHT and the Odyssey app. It's gone, but it's not forgotten. It was a good show today, and thank you for being part of it. 855-839-1210. Tomorrow I'll be in for Mark Levin, so tune in. Of course, we'll be on from 3 until 9 p.m. I mentioned a lot in the 3 o'clock hour today about Dubai and how the upcoming COP28 climate summit is going to be happening. And I gave you details on how you can get your very own private jet and private chauffeured cars for the COP28 climate summit. This is the ultimate hypocrisy, of course. These people are going to get together in Dubai, spend a ton of cash, and use a lot of fossil fuels as they enjoy themselves and then come up with new ways to force us to all eat bugs and other alternative protein sources like lab-grown chicken meat, for example. And that's about to happen. And the thing about it is that Dubai is playing host to this. And this is the the analogy I used earlier in the show today, which I think Joan said on Twitter, we're going to actually start this convention. But it's like having an abstinence convention and then at night bringing in hookers or doing an abstinence convention in the middle of Las Vegas. Dubai is doubling down on their petroleum 
drilling. They are all in on oil. They're all in on it. And they do it with like, it's almost like a tongue in cheek kind of a thing. They're hosting this climate change summit. Well, you know, everybody in the room is going to get there on their private jets and their private yachts and then be chauffeured around in big SUVs because you got to look good. And even though there'll be cars that are battery powered there to show off that they're green, those cars will get hooked up to an electric grid in Dubai that is run off of oil. All of the oil that has made that country one of the richest nations on the planet, which has led to the highest skyscraper building in the world at 163 stories with the room to grow up if they need to, to grow even higher, even taller into the sky if needed. So they always have that distinction. And Dubai doesn't pretend. I mean, they are building islands. They are actually building islands so that they can have more oil drilling offshore. They're not even, they're, they're, they're all in, they're hiding, they're not hiding it. And, they're, and they're, they tell everybody too. They tell everybody, they say, we want to make sure that we can supply the world with fossil fuels, with oil for as long as it needs. We are going to be there to provide the world the oil that it needs for as long as it needs it. They're not stupid. Unlike the United States of America with this bozo in the White House, this, this brain dead president, where we are actually trying to cripple ourselves with oil production, denying drilling leases. The Biden administration is in court getting sued right now as we speak to say that you have to give out these drilling leases. But Dubai, even though they're hosting the climate change summit, they're not fools. They're, they're all in because they know the world is going to need their oil. They know that. And so they want to be able to sell it to the world. And they're going to because other countries are going to get to the to the climate change summit and they're going to embrace stupid policies idiotic things like the Paris Accord and others. And they're going to wind up doing what we're doing, which is to make ourselves less energy independent. And in the process, guys like Vladimir Putin, nations like Iran, they get richer and more powerful. I mean, Ukraine is still buying oil from Russia. Uh, Iran is selling their oil to China. And it's all a scam. You know, I, I said this earlier, The magician never sees the magic. He only sees the trick. The trick of what Dubai is doing here, which is brilliant, is to get everybody there and show them the solar panels that they're building and the the wind turbines they're building and all the other green things that they're doing. As they go, look over here at the magic hat. Don't look to the right. Little sleight of hand trick where we have massive drilling going on, oil drilling, and the president or prime minister, whatever he is, of Dubai comes out and says, you know, I, for one, will celebrate the day that the world no longer needs to rely on fossil fuels. But until that day comes, Dubai will be here to supply the world with oil. See? It is such a scam. I'm telling you that the whole thing about climate change is that it is completely and utterly a scam. And you know it and I know it, too. It's a way to destroy capitalism. And all these people who are coming to Dubai, they're all the elites of the world. I don't have Bill Gates money, so I can't buy up American farmland to put farmers out of work. One of the topics on the agenda, and we'll get into this in more detail tomorrow, because Matt sent me the agenda earlier in the show today. And you know what? We've just been cooking with gasoline here, but I actually have the COP28 schedule in my formerly pangolin stained fingers. And I will share that with you tomorrow. But the Sustainable Future Global Conference on gender and environment data will be part of it too. There'll be all kinds of trans nonsense and things and how, you know, trans rights affect climate change. That'll all be in there too. I'll, we'll, we'll devote a good chunk of the show to this tomorrow, no doubt. But remember something though. 
in order to uh, make sure that all those farmers in Africa and Asia and the United States of America, too, though nobody cares about them, how they can survive after they shut down farming and they move everybody over to these alternative protein sources, meaning bugs and lab grown meat. One of the agenda items is going to be how to find a new job for Farmer Joe. How does Farmer Joe and his and his daughter, obviously he's got a daughter, it's Farmer's daughter, so I mean, just take a minute there. Anyway, how does he wind up making a living now that we've taken away his ability to feed his gorgeous, gorgeous daughter on the farm? So that's on the agenda at COP28. And how do we get you to eat more bugs? And how do we embrace more of these lab-grown meats? Impact for climate action. Supreme audit institutions call for effective implementation of climate policies. One of the things that they're going to do with this, and I'm going to get the app for this. There's an app for the COP28 summit, which is interesting because the iPhone that I use requires a power source to charge it. And that power source is connected to a grid. And that grid is powered by... Hamsters on wheels, obviously. Duh, what were you thinking I was going to say? Welcome to COP28. Let's get you started. Are you going to be a registered conference participant? No, I can't afford to be. But I know one thing, and that is that the nightlife in Dubai is the reason why this is happening. Because I'm sure you're asking yourself the same question as I am. We talked about now that Doritos has made it so that you can't hear the crunch when you're eating your chips. Why can't the Climate Change Summit be on Zoom? Obviously, it was not going to be on Zoom because they're all eating chips. And that crunch would get in the way of saving the planet from climate change. Now that Doritos has solved this problem, why are we why are we not doing this on Zoom? Huh? You raise a very good point. You know how much fuel we'd save if we just did this on Zoom? Everybody could be snacking away and not hear each other. Everybody could watch, too. Could live and, stream the Zoom. And everybody could watch. You're right. You're right. You're right. They could. Uh, I can't see the clock. You got a minute 20. A minute 20. All right. What do you want to talk about? <laughs> it's amazing that that clock has been broken. Oh, please. Uh, we're lucky we haven't. Like Let's three be honest. Weeks well, the screen's we're just lucky they haven't faded. put it on eBay yet. Who are we kidding? I think all you have to do is just replace the screen. How long could it take? Or just go to Best Around Buy here? and buy a TV for $95. It was just Black Friday. They missed out on a great opportunity to save a few bucks. <laughs> Oh, by the way, uh, the attorney for Hunter Biden has rebuffed James Comer's demand for a closed deposition when Hunter Biden goes before his committee. Uh, So it'll be a public spectacle. And what will happen is Hunter will say nothing of note. And don't get your hopes up for this. But of course, we'll cover it for you. But that's the breaking news. Closed door deposition subpoena. If, as you claim, your efforts are important and involve issues that Americans should know about, then let the light shine on these proceedings. Mr. Biden will appear at such a public hearing on the date you notice, December 13th, or any date in December that we can arrange. That's from his attorney, Abby Lowell. Some breaking news. I'll see you tomorrow for a six-hour show as I fill in for Mark Levin after this show starting at 6 p.m. Have a great rest of your night. Thank you for listening. Keep the conversation going on Twitter, at Rich Zioli. Thank you. Rich Zioli, weekday afternoons, 3 to 7. Talk Radio 1210, WPHT, and on the free Odyssey app. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. 
Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Auto Parts. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives. Streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 